I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. I heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back there. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Oh, God! Oh, please! Welcome to America's Funniest Home Podcast. I am Tom. I am a bag of meat. I'm Travis. I am your Cody for the evening. I'm Mike. <laughs> and uh, over Skype tonight, we have a special guest from one of the best podcasts ever. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah? Really the finest. Uh, heavy Hole Podcast. Oh. Uh, we have Justin Wallen. Hey, guys. So, Justin. <laughs> Yo, what up, man? Hey. Uh, nothing. Quarantining my dreams away. Cream dreaming, quarantining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm going to ask to put it out right out there right now. Uh, how was your week, Justin? It was good. Tom? <laughs> wow. Efficient. I like this. Justin, I, you call me out a lot on the show, on your show. Sure. You used to. Sure. And uh, you know what? Uh the today's episode, uh, it's gonna be rage in the cage right now. It's Uh-oh. gonna be hell in a cell. We we don't want to skip too far ahead. We usually don't do wrestlers, and uh, because one of us is one of the the podcast hosts is very sensitive to wrestlers, and that would be Cody because he's yeah, Hawaiian. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> very important to my lineage. Yeah. Are you related to the Rock, Cody? Um, probably. It's a tiny <laughs> island. We all fuck. That's cool. See, everything I know about uh, island pro wrestling is just every island is Samoa. So I, I'm, it's amazing that to hear that there are oh, other islands dude, out there. Manhattan, Samoa. Long Island, <laughs> Samoa. <laughs> well, back to what I was saying. Uh, my week was boring. <laughs> I did have this thought. Uh, everyone's going crazy. They're trying to find hand sanitizer and antibacterial soaps. Shelves are currently stocked with moisturizer. So if you've been looking oh for an God. opportunity to moisten your skin, it's never been a better time. Dude, my, hand, Dude, my I skin don't, is falling I, off from the amount of I'm washing. Like, in between, I've never seen such such dry turtle skin in between my fingers. You yeah, that, I, uh, I don't get how the moisturizer's not gone. I washed my hands so much. I guess people are just dropping the ball. <laughs> I've been drop, washing my hands so much that, that yeah, it's just like they're, it's like the mummy. I'm like, I got scarabs crawling underneath my fingers, Ooh. and I need to moisturize them to get them out. You know what I'm saying? It's the plastic surgery lobby that, that promotes the non-advertisement of moisturizers in the marketplace so that you could deal with all of your flappy, crusty, cracked skin later through surgeries. Well, mm. I mean, I love a good conspiracy, but I don't know about that one. 5 I'm going to get some lotion later. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how was your week? <laughs> Speaking of lotion. Uh, Drinking lotion. Yeah, lots of lotion. And uh, I don't know, I'm sad inside because, uh, why? you know, Corona. Is that a symptom? You've been doing some isolation skateboarding. Like they put you in a that black an and they yeah. put you in a black box and there's no light and you have that to skate. That was just VR. That was just a VR recording. Uh, it was a simulation. Yeah. Is that Morpheus you behind you? Me? Yeah, is there Morpheus? Is that Morpheus? That's a potted plant. That's a, that's a plant, plant tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is exactly what Morpheus looks like. You don't even know what shape he's going to take. He's going to be like, Mike, what pill do you want? The dank pill or the shit pill? I'll take the shit pill. Cody, how was your That'd week? Be, I'm good. Not doing anything. Uh, this, uh, 
this is all the same to me. This is literally <laughs> all the same to me. I stay in my fucking house. I research bad people, and I play on my Nintendo fucking Switch, and eat like single serving microwavable pizza. All right. This this is par for the course. I'm washing yeah, my hands no more because like I don't know who touched the packaging of my fucking my cigarettes. I I think that it's pretty crazy because it's like nobody asked you. Stay at home. <laughs> Uh, dude, I had a great week. All right, first no, of all, didn't. I first think of that all, we had eight weeks. Yeah, you Just, guys all are like, oh, whoa, 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 this, go, this seeped over to heavy hole, man. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan, but that's okay. All right, I can, actually asked can... everyone. Yeah, we had this conversation, by the way, because I hate when you ask me questions. I hate it. So, infuriating, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, when Travis asks me a question, I'm just like, what the fuck do you think? But when when <laughs> Will goes, Tom, how was your week? I go, thanks for asking, Will. Hey, you well, got that pretty good. You're right. It's, yeah. it's way nicer when Will says it. I, yes. Just because he can growl and shit? What the fuck? <laughs> I can do that too. You're doing the exact opposite of it right now. <laughs> oh, look at me. The metal. I am dying in a cell. <laughs> 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 no, my week was great. All right, I'm making this new shrimp tank, and guess what? Got this tiger rug, dog. Oh, Check him out, yo. No, is that real? yo. Yo, I just saw that tiger rug on the internet, and I wanted it as well. Uh, can uh, can you send it over after you disinfect it? Uh, sorry, Boil bud. It. This is a one one of a kind. Very roller. I I okay, have thanks. been like a I have been like a dog wiping my anus on it. So uh, <laughs> you might not want it. I have anal glands that need secretion. Uh. Okay, so the toilet paper <laughs> shortage is hitting Travis pretty hard. I love that yeah. rug. That's uh, a fun rug. <laughs> I mean, less right. so now. All right, so I'm going to ask another question. You guys can go fuck off. You might as well just leave. Uh, who's on the Chopman's boy? What dicks can we snap in half? All right, so tonight oh, on the cool. chopping block, we have none other than wrestling legend Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. Oh shit! Don't, oh. don't know who that is, brother. If you don't know, he's like the cream of the crop wrestler. This I man. love wrestling, and, and the reason I Justin is in on this episode is not just a guest to hang out. He's an expert, and by expert I mean he knows oh, a shit. lot. Um, yeah. I like wrestling. <laughs> right, got it. Uh, everything turtles? I know about wrestling comes from Justin and me tuning in at certain times. <laughs> We, we were talking about this one for a while, so we gotta we gotta do it. This is an interesting guy. He's mm. he's very funny, and then also very deadly. So we're doing well, we're doing the cool. wrestler. J Justin, how would you summarize Jimmy the Superfly Snooker? And I keep saying the Superfly, but I think it's just Jimmy Superfly. It's, yeah, it's just Superfly. So uh, kill me later. Well, so much of of why Jimmy Snooker is. Uh, is heralded as as a legend or at least a, a groundbreaker why his name is remembered in in the pro wrestling community is that superfly fucking nickname you know he's uh he's one of the first to introduce that high flying off the top rope oh. adrenaline filled you know fucking i hope he doesn't die style of wrestling Oh, so cool. he's like really? a spider monkey and shit? He's, yeah, he's jumping off rope? He's mm. the original spider monkey in the ring. Yeah, like Mysterio, like jumping around the uh, the ropes and stuff like that? If you will, yeah. It, but doing this in the 70s, you know, in the oh. 70s and 80s, uh, he had this 
for for what he lacked, like uh, English speaking on the outside of the ring, he had this this charisma and this ability to uh, garner sympathy from the crowd inside the ring. And and when he turned that energy on, when the match turned, um, everybody kind of felt it, and he brought the crowd with him. He told beautiful stories. No. With his so, body, with definitely his, not his mouth. With his very that's a, large, that's a very shiny lost body. Art that needs to come back. <laughs> it's it's around. It's called pro wrestling. I'm bringing you the past. <laughs> Wait, but but Justin, but Justin, uh, it's not a sport. It's fake. It's, no, it's better. It's two things. It's sports entertainment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I was uh, to 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 bounce off of Tom, where Justin is like our friends. Uh, wrestling encyclopedia. Justin yeah. took me to uh, the first wrestling show about like a year ago that ever that I've been to. And before that, you know, all these guys are kind of like, you know, at least you and Tom, like you've watched some wrestling. And I was like, I don't get it. I wasn't into wrestling when I was a kid. I played the video games. But like, that's about it. And I went to a show and I was like, I get this. This uh-huh, is yeah. live action fucking Three Stooges. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And you were you were at a you know a small indie show in a brewery in Brooklyn, right? So like, you know, we paid what ten dollars to get in and you're standing right at ringside. Oh and you can, fantastic. you can fucking beads of sweat have have a, a greater than none chance of landing on your face and you get fully immersed in the action. And uh yeah, man, it's fun. For, uh, three stooges is a great comparison, I'd say. Because it's a physical yeah, cool. it's a physical art form. When you weren't looking, you were out like for it. a cigarette. I was getting the the beads of sweat from the ball sacks right next to the ring. Collecting ah! them with the, with, like the play, like a, with the play bill that they hand out at yeah. all the events. Yeah. Why'd you funnel that? It takes it takes some people a hundred shows to get that sort of insight, and you did it in the first time. So I'm proud of it. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. All that insight. Well. <laughs> Roast Mortem, we specialize in insight and incest. Uh, No incest this time around, but... I mean, that we know of. Let's get into the show. All right? Start. Yeah! Start. Okay. Should we ring a bell first? I don't know. I'll put it in post. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. Dinner served. I want some chicken with white gravy on it. That's a triangle, Travis. So Whatever. Just to let you guys know... I used this man's autobiography, which kind of goes against roast mortem standards. Nah. Because we don't like to take someone's word for it, but this guy is so poorly documented because he was a jungle boy. He just lived in Fiji and then Hawaii and, like, never wore shoes. And Who's going to write about this guy? So Himself. I got his autobiography. It's fucking hysterical. It's called <laughs> Superfly, the Jimmy Snuka story. The sentence structure is terrible, the points are confusing, and the unique word count is very low. Are you telling me that a wrestler's not good at writing? Possibly. Maybe that's where I'm going. (laughs) It's truly a good source because he barely wrote it as he barely thought out things in his life and career. Yeah, it's like they stapled post-it notes together or something. (laughs) He's not like a Damien Sandow who appreciates the English language. I want to see that Hulk Hogan autobiography. That's probably really good. Mike, like, can you read that and just tell me about it? What? The Hulk, the Hulk Hogan. Hogan autobiography? Is his brother at the end of every sentence in the book? 
It makes the yeah. book like twice as long somehow. So Jimmy's book kind of has that in it. I'll tell you about it later. So oh. uh, Jimmy was born in Fiji, May 18th, 1943, as a result of a, an affair between his mother, Louisa V2 Smith, and his father, Charles Wimbledon Benjamin Thomas. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, I don't know which one's funnier. V2 Smith. That sounds like Will Smith's side project. <laughs> With 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 uh with fucking pepper and salt and pepper, and then you've got Whipple Wimple Bull Wimple Pimple. Charles was married already to a lady that lived very far away. Uh, Louisa was arranged to be in a marriage situation with a Navy dork named Bernard Ryer. The family was a hot mess, and the union of Bernard and Louisa was. A binding of business rivals doing what? Mm. I don't know. But that's what Jimmy mentioned in the book. His mother's mm. family had been involved with blackbirding, which is kidnapping of foreigners to force them into indentured servitude. Oh, cool. Oh, no. oh shit. That's terrible. You can see how this family would be primed for working with the McMahons. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting because I live in a city now in Portland where that shit used to happen. Shanghai and blackbirding are the same thing. Yeah, so Shanghaiing in Portland, uh, they'd get you know Ameri regular Americans drunk, and they literally you know sometimes they'd pill them and drug them up, and they'd yep. take them through the underground tunnels to the docks and send them off to Shanghai or I guess oh Fiji, and they'd wake, wake up, up on, on way ship to China. like oh all right well I guess I'm a slave boy now. <laughs> get your me. American in a cage, man. It's fucking hot. Looks commodity. like I yeah, it looks like I gotta get shrimp for the rest of my life. Not bad deal. It's a mean. It's a very mean trick. It's like I, I had yeah, a I, wife, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would never pull that trick on any of you guys. By the way, like how if I wake up, the Iron Sheik was shipped to New York, and uh, and Vince was like, Americans are gonna hate you now because you're different. Let's put. You gotta get a boner against Hogan and fucking lose the belt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jimmy claimed that he believed his grandmother was his mother as she was the one who took care of him and spent most of the time with him as Louisa tended to play favorites with favorites with her other children. Um, and his mother let him believe that shit because she's like, all right, that's a kid I don't really have to take care of until the let's, age of seven let's when the family the moved to from Fiji to the Gilbert Islands, which is somewhere in between Fiji and Hawaii. If you look for it on a map, you're going to see a lot of water. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he basically moved into Waterworld. Yes. Like oh. where like paper is worth more than gold and people yeah. buy dirt. <laughs> but they're just constantly smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And somehow paper is a rarity. Cody, Absolutely. is that was that what happens in Hawaii? Is it actually Waterworld there? No, we have soil. It comes out of the water. <laughs> some of it. Yeah, but some of your soil is like flaming. It does that. It does do that sometimes. <laughs> it, they don't mention that in the brochure. Like, oh, come and farm here after it cools off. But we we manage somehow. I'm not I'm not quite sure of the scientific details behind it, but we're here. Yeah, I mean, all those islands exist. You know, we can't deny that. We can't deny them that right. Uh, Grandma stayed behind in Fiji, and this is when his mother had to break the news to him that she was actually his mother. Ooh. So I got oh. that going. Surprise. I got punked. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton Kushner's like, yo! <laughs> 
on the Gilbert Islands, the family lived in a hut, and our little superfly would collect coconuts from trees, roughhouse with the other boys, and strangle chickens when his mom was tired of eggs. Wow. Life was good. <laughs> <laughs> Except that Jimmy's stepdad, Bernie, would get soused and beat the shit out of his whole family. So, in fact, life was terrible. Yeah, why'd you say it was good? <laughs> I don't know, because I think when I was reading the book, this is how my brain worked. Like, I was like, that sounds fun. Oh, no, beatings? Keep it in the script. No editing. Are they constant or, like, once in a while? If you spend too much time inside of the thoughts of Jimmy Snuka, you, you, you develop this sort of, like, contradictory line of thinking where you, you you have you have fun one moment and then you don't the next and then you can't remember why you had fun in the first place yeah and then it's all bad and then it's good again you don't, you like don't a, know why it's like oh, a degenerative geez. psychosis honestly he's extremely simple like we're talking when i'm reading his book he's just like oh man that was a bad time for me brother i'd be out there having barbecues with everyone we were having a great time getting fucked up but it was bad times okay he's <laughs> I feel his vibes. <laughs> so when he was 15, he figured out why he would get the worst beatings in the family from Bernie. He learned he was a bastard. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Oh. He had no uh, idea why. I don't know why they waited. I mean, I'm sure they told him he was a bastard before, but they never had the, the sit down conversation of, hey, you're a bastard. I didn't consider real. that. What? Like, maybe they just kept calling him a bastard. And he never realized what it meant. That's a funny word they use for me, brother. I don't know. (laughs) Jimmy, you are literally a fucking bastard. And he's just like, don't be mean. (laughs) (laughs) What do you, what does it, what does a parent say if like their legal husband or significant other, whatever, is present in like an actual gangbang? Like that's just a toss up, right? Like you don't know. (laughs) I don't know, dude. You yeah, don't. what the hell? Yeah, what you the don't fuck know. What are you talking about? You don't know. Where the hell did I come from? I'm with you, man. You <laughs> We're don't talking know. about bastards, dog. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying, you call that kid a bastard? Or you're like, he's just a, a anything. Just roll your dice. He's a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> child. I get yes. what you're saying. I'm getting what you're putting down. Yeah. You, just, you just can't know. He's a fucking <laughs> druid. <laughs> you gotta record everything. Yeah. So uh, he and his brother were sent to boarding school. Um, in Pompeii, not not Pompeii. Wow, that's confusing as shit. Over in uh, Italy, or where the fuck that is, Greece or Italy? I forget. That's uh, that's where Pink Floyd lives. Fucking Europe, right? It's in Europe. Yeah. So he's in pa- Pompeii for three years because Bernie hated him. Um, they didn't even let them come home for Christmas. Oh. Mm. The school, Christ the King, was a Catholic <clears throat> school that made all the boys work on a plantation. The boys were also beat at school, but in the name of God, so it's fine. That's not really a school, is it? It was yeah. a school. He had to learn how to do something. Oh, you left that part out. In his autobiography, Jimmy refers to the reader as brudda a lot. Okay. But more interestingly is he refers to himself as this brudda a lot. This brudda? Yeah. This brudda. This brudda. Uh, yeah, uh, Cody. B R U D D A. Yeah, okay, brother. I was gonna say, Cody, when I met you and you were like way back in middle school or whatever, and you're like, I'm Hawaiian, and you didn't call me brother. <laughs> I was you wanted your money back. Didn't I, you? Yeah, I was like, it, should I should I be friends with this guy? Is it worth it? No. 
<laughs> no, that was the worst decision probably of your life. He basically speaks like Tito from Rocket Power being hit in the head with chairs nonstop. <laughs> yeah. But I... They're like okay, like small tangent. Do you ever fucking play like Final Fantasy X? No. Okay, great. This is going nowhere. <laughs> There's a fucking character in there that like does that. This brother, that brother. Oh, it's brother. the one that looks like a Smash Mouth band member. Yes, his name's Waka. <laughs> okay. And, like I'm watching oh, Let's Player. <clears throat> no. But like I'm watching Let's Players not realize that's like an actual dialect that people actually have. So they think he's, like, literally some high fantasy character. And I'm sitting here like, no, that's, like, how, like, half of my uncles talk. <laughs> like, so exotic. You're so yeah, no, I work with someone that's uh, from the islands, and she's just like, see you later, brother. I'm like, that's yep. awesome. Sick. I'm not your brother. And I'm like, I, I wish you were brother. like Cody. Cody, you let me down. What did I'm what sorry. did the Midwest do to you? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 <laughs> whatever. Bleached me. <laughs> well, if you if you move to the Midwest, the the brother turns to brother, and, and that's that's a whole different wrestling tangent. Uh, yeah. And then when I moved to New York, yet. it was just hey asshole. <laughs> so throughout this autobiography, he tells stories of like minor heroic acts that he did while growing up, like when he saved this girl from drowning. He also follows up the story with something like this. I don't think of myself as a hero. I never have. This brother just does what he does without thinking about it too much. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes, he does. I, phrased, I phrased it wrong, but that's a bit, that's it. Yes, no. he does forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's better not to think about stuff. Yeah, All right, just a knee jerk. Yeah, Mike, I don't know. I feel like you're this you should log off now because you're just going to agree with this guy too much. That's like your <laughs> philosophy. I'm not. I'm not no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, brother. I was in the figure four, and then I was like, I'm going to get out of this, brother. So I did. That's what this brother does. Yeah. Good, brother. Right. So he claims to still have a hard time with the English language, even at the time of him writing a book. <laughs> But he claims to be good with languages in general. For example, he says he can speak fluent Japanese. He can't read for shit, though. He even ate a can of dog food thinking it was corned beef hash. <laughs> Couldn't read the label. Easy mistake. Oh. Easy mistake. He wrestled in New Japan and one of the other new uh, other promotions. All Japan pro wrestling. So quiet. Yeah. A ta uh, tag team with Bruiser Brody, actually, was uh, another famous dead wrestler. If you will, and he probably told like all these dudes in 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 AWA in fucking Minnesota that he spoke fluent Japanese, and they just kind of took his word for it because they didn't fucking know. Yeah, it's kind of like the <laughs> universal lie, like oh, I'm proficient in Excel. <laughs> <laughs> every re every wrestler's got to do their stint in Japan. If if that's the only way you you make it. To, to the history books, I'm going to say. Well, right, we're also talking his career. You mentioned the 70s and 80s. That was like when sushi became, pop, like, was a craze, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the 80s. Sushi. Like, now yeah. we have, like, I don't Karate. know, what's the big craze? Like, Keaton, well, that was, no, that was like 10 years well, ago. Well, now, Keaton, actually. Ra like, ramen. Yeah, ramen or keto well, the, the, or something. The big yeah. one now is the Pokeballs, which is yeah, uh, yeah, lion. That's just yeah. sushi but lazy. Just throw it all in a fucking bowl. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so he's going around the Fiji Islands saying tempura, and they're like, whoa, listen, you fluent Japanese man. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <throw it up. laughs> California roll. Whoa! <laughs> Konnichiwa, you son of a bitch, brother. <laughs> bitch, brother. 
Ah, uh, yeah. So since he couldn't read, he spent his time playing sports and climbing trees. Island uh-huh. kid activities. The mm-hmm. ocean was his education, brother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the seas, brother. Yeah. He claimed to have a pet shark named Eat Me that he would catch fish <laughs> for. Cute. He no, even what? let the shark eat the fish right out of his mouth. That's how Aww. much he trusted this shark. All right. What is your opinions? I know you have two dog owners, three dog owners, and two people that... Oh, you have a dog? I, I'm the only one that doesn't have a dog. I hate my dog, so I don't really count. <laughs> yeah, what Cody do you doesn't feel own about, a dog. He yeah. deals with a dog. Yeah. yeah, what do you feel about people that let uh, their dog eat out of their mouth? I think it's disgusting. I don't want dog kisses. I've owned a dog in the past. I don't want that fuck. They say it's cleaner than your human mouth. Bullshit. I've seen that shit eat like dead squirrels. That's yeah, not c- cleaner. But I look into my dog's eyes after he, he eats that fucking steak out of my mouth after I sucked all the seasoning off because I know it's bad <laughs> for her stomach. <laughs> and uh, and she, she says thank you with her eyes. Oh. So... Yeah, it's all good by me. Yeah, fucking do it. It's worth it. All right. I guess you're like, uh, brother. I'm no to, like, eating out of the mouth, but, like, a dog, like, kiss or lick is, like, one or two is fine, but then you have, like, the fucking, uh, dog parents that just fucking make out with their dog. That, that sends me down, like, the bad vibe street. Sorry, Cody. Yeah, Yeah. you should be. Bestiality, boys. I like my dog, but that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) I see my girlfriend shit sometimes, so I don't really, I don't really let him eat it in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that girl- statistic about the dog mouth is definitely a lie. There's more bacteria in it. Depends a on the mouth. dog. My dog's eating shit. Yeah, well, my girlfriend won't make out with me, so I take what I can get in these hard times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. So, uh, just to let you know, if you haven't caught on by now. The book I read, the autobiography by Jimmy Snooker, is mm-hmm. him tooting his own horn, telling people about how nice of a guy he is, how he's Definitely so relaxed. Every, he, lo- he loves everyone. He says, I love everyone, probably about 80 <clears throat> times, yeah. and I only read three quarters of the book, so probably looking about 95. I, mean, I love I also, everybody. I also hate people that are like that. You don't love everyone. That's a fucking lie. Well, you know, he... I think this is a, a language barrier type thing since he never really lo- <laughs> learned how to speak or read or anything like that. But whenever he would, whenever he would come into the ring, he would always drop down the one knee and throw up the, you know, the split finger, like sign language. I love you kind of thing. You know, and he did that, I think, as just to, to get pe- critical people off of his back. You know, it was a little bit of a disarming kind of tool. Like, don't ask me about anything else. I love you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I say that every time I jump into bed with a woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, get off my back. <laughs> get off my back. I love you. Wait, Cody, my cock is, that... is on this side of me. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say, did she just lie naked on top of you, and that's it. She can't tell the difference. I got a tiny cock. It's a tiny dick joke, but you know, in reality, she knows where my front is because that's where my face is. Um, <laughs> that's where the it... unfortunate bit is. Yeah, the podcast comes out of Tom's yeah. front part. <laughs> yeah, it's we hard all for do... you guys. Let me quietly shift it from the left to the right, because you're on my right side right now. I love you. (laughs) In 1954, the military decided to see how cool some atomic bombs would look going off on an island called Bikini Atoll. Mm. Turns Mm. out, 
It was too cool. It burned a bunch of natives alive. Oh my oh, god. The, not the best. Well, they vacated an area, and they were like, this will be fine, that's all we need. And then it was like five times the blast that they thought mm. it was going to be, testing this Oops. bomb out. So they killed some people, and it's kind of like on this very Bill Cooper level, like this <clears throat> is what they're trying to do. Right. You know what I mean? This is what they're trying to do. They're covering shit up, <laughs> dog. Mm. Yeah, so uh, either work? way, okay. the survivors yes, of the incident were taken to the island Ebby, where Jimmy was living, uh, for treatment. And they enlisted all the locals, or Jimmy in this case, to help. So basically, Jimmy saw all these casualties of war, but without a war happening. Oh, wow. Like a, a wow. very strange, dark thing in American history where we just killed all these territories that we had rights to um, by accident. And then we got Jimmy as a 15-year-old going, oh, fuck, I work in a hospital now. <laughs> Weird. This is the wrong way of using Islanders, like uh, as opposed to the way Vince McMahon would use them. Yeah. This is, uh, this, this is the yeah. worst way. Yep. Uh, so the family moved to Hawaii when Jimmy was 15. Bernie got mm. a job there. They moved. That simple. Got to fall around dead. That's good. <clears throat> uh, Jimmy bragging about his youth in Hawaii. Let me read you a quote. <laughs> <laughs> How do you brag about this? I'm curious. Well, actually, Cody, do you want to read this? Because you're the only Hawaiian here. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Not even full-blooded. All right, brother. I'm not, I'm not. Do you want me to put fucking character on this? Yeah, yes, dog. I do. Yeah, yeah, do, I don't, yes, do it. Speak that pigeon, dog. <laughs> I think I was 15 when I had sex for the first time. My memory was not what it used to be, but I do remember it was around that time that Superfly started making love, brother. <laughs> Superfly never had any problem with a woman. Girls love the brother, and I love them so much. When I had sex for the first time, I liked it, but I don't remember who it was with. <laughs> <laughs> that may be hard to believe, but it's true. I don't remember her name. I don't remember much about her at all. It was real pokey pokey. <laughs> I had a lot of those. I will say this. If I could have gotten all the girls in the island, I would have tried. I thought I was a pretty good looking guy back then, so I was confident. I kept myself healthy, and because I messed around so much with sports, I had good body. I was nice. so hot back then, I remember girls Ooh. would sometimes even send their brothers over to tell me they'd like to meet. Damn. Oh. The Superfly had it all back then, brother. Wait, so he's using brother as a, as a slang and then brother as an actual word. The brothers. Yes, yes. I don't know if it's true or not. If it is true, I'm jealous. And if it's not true, then shut up. But <laughs> just the way he painted, it's like, ah. All right, man. You want to be liked. You want to think. You want other people to think you're cool. Guess what? You're pretty cool to some of us. <laughs> it, it, it's very like sixteen year old. Like, oh, I want people to tell. Uh, I want people to think I'm cool. Let's tell them I fucked the entire island. Well, it's it's the Ric Flair adage of uh, all the all the guys want to be me and all the girls uh, want to be with me. Right? Got it. And. Uh, Maybe there's some revisionist history here, but I'm not gonna fucking I'm not gonna re rebut this. I'm not gonna refute any of this. I I'll, I'll just say it's he's it's probably spot on. Like this probably happened, and he seems very smooth. 
you know? He had a chiseled face and uh, pectorials the size of your head. So, you know. Dude, look. Who the fuck knows? Look at, look, Island Bob. Look at what the irradiated Dwayne Johnson is right now. <laughs> the irradiated. <laughs> I mean, he's basically. I no, I mean, you look at Dwayne when he was wrestling in the 90s. He's a scrawny little idiot. Why yeah. is he calling The Rock Dwayne? Well, because yeah, that's what he goes by now. So he's, a Hollywood actor. He's, he's a YouTuber, not Hollywood Dwayne actor. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's an in that, influencer. He's in that new uh, movie, Terrence Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, I, I'm which wa- is a I'm heavy hold it. joke. I'm watching it tomorrow. I cannot wait. Um, and I know Terrence Hobbs isn't in it, you know, unfortunately. But I'll watch this fucking fast cannon. Never see any of the other movies. Yeah, man. so I mean, I'm just saying, like, he was a scrawny boy in the '90s. Now he's like. A brick. He's he's not the rock anymore. He's a brick. He's brick. He's a refined those, uh, rock. Yeah, he's going to the gym. He's fifteen pancakes with a chain around his neck every morning. <laughs> yeah. So he's a radiated islander, and that's what Jimmy probably is. Also, you got Roman Reigns is in Hobbs and Shaw too. So I just got to see it. Samoan culture all around it. Samo and Samoa again. Like and and are Jason there any Statham other islands being nope, tiny none. and bald. <laughs> all right. So the military base he lived by hosted all kinds of activities for the troops stationed there. One day, probably right after having lots of sex, Jimmy was walking by the outdoor gym they had set up for the troops. He saw some of those beefy boys pumping iron Mm. in the hot Hawaiian sun. Gotta. Sweaty. He saw those beads of sweat dripping off their shredded, tan bodies, and he was sold. I wonder if one of them was my dad. He was stashing in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if old Dick was one for working out Or if he was just on the ladies A lot of times he had to pick a side I don't know right. I mean the only thing I know about him is hot pants And rollerblading around San Diego So if he carried that over into Hawaii I don't think that he would be at one of these gold gyms <laughs> you, you, you know you know, Dick was out there somewhere Influencing some professional wrestling gimmick In the future Oh yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> You should jump on him from the top rope, though. No, he's like, you want to be a good liberal, just, you know, buy a gun. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Jimmy goes up to this guard who's standing outside the outdoor gym, and he goes, uh, hey, uh, can I lift some iron with these boys? Brothers? Oh. Brothers. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, he probably said boys, brother. You gotta say boys, brother. Yeah, yeah, boys, boys, brother. (laughs) Boys, brother. Uh, Those are two different things. It's a pinnacle moment in his life. The guard says, sure. So that's how <laughs> Jimmy got into bodybuilding. Wow. Hell Funny yeah, brother. Moment. You know, they used to say it's an upper body business, brother. So uh, I'm sure he was clanging and banging with the most buff of, of them. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Bron- he Bronzing in that sun. He took bodybuilding very seriously. I was going to ask you, Justin, this is an actual question, not just me being an idiot. But, um, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Like, how often is it that a wrestler goes from bodybuilding to wrestling? Because I know Hulk Hogan was into the gold beach, you know, bo- you know bodybuilding and shit. I almost yeah, feel like a lot the of them are the bodybuilders first, yeah. right? I'd say it was it was more prevalent back in 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 these days in like the the eighties pretty much eighties okay. maybe early nineties you know the thing with bodybuilders is while their physique is fantastic the the flexibility is low the athleticism is low but Vince McMahon 
loves a giant body. Like <laughs> he just loves if if you fucking have all these like canyons on your chest and your you've, yeah. body. you've got yeah. you've got double D's, but you're a man. He, he loves if you, actually Vince McMahon in the nineties, uh before he got into any like the XFL shit or any sort of side thing, started a bodybuilding competition. Really? Oh, really? And was that, and actually uh Owned a, a a supplement company called Ico Pro, and uh, wow, and, and, Joe and, Rogan before Joe Rogan, <laughs> if you if you will. Uh, but basically, you know, for pro wrestling, like you had like the better you looked physique wise, the more money you could draw. So um, yeah, there's a ton of cases of, of of dudes going from from bodybuilding to wrestling, but their success kind of varies uh, along the way. More often than not, the people that you've heard of, like Hogan or like Snooker or uh, uh, Jesse Ventura or Superstar Billy Graham, like those are the ones that kind of made names names for themselves. But there is there there are hundreds that that have come from bodybuilding that you'll never fucking know. Well, that's like John Cena. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he. I mean, he came from the military. He's a military man, pro America. <laughs> he actually came from America. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, he was birth. His, John, you know, yeah, you know, John they Cena's talk about their experience. Comes from WWE. Yeah, you know how they say <laughs> there's a, uh, a a super volcano underneath Yosemite. Well, interrupted, yeah. and John Cena came out. Um, <laughs> so, have you ever? Did you see the new? Did you see the new Godzilla? Because I'm sure Cena is one of those uh, one of those ancients that popped up. He's a kaiju. Yeah. Yes, and that's but that's not to be confused with Kaiju Big Battle, which is a different sort of uh, pro wrestling. Uh, Chikara puts on that puts that on. There's actual kaiju's that that battle. Now. Oh, cool. Let's take it uh, from where I was. Sure. He got married around 17 to a young Portuguese lady named Carol Perry. Very Portuguese name. <laughs> <laughs> they lived in a small apartment and yelled at each other. <laughs> One day, he found her fucking someone on his softball team uh -oh. in the backseat of his car. And that's how Katy Perry was born. Not cool, brother. In the autobiography, he says, I saw this, and what I said was, quote, that's it. Bye. Oh, <laughs> See, I, don't, I never saw her again. I like, I like it. That's how you should do it. No, that's that not how you should that, do it. Clean, you know, that, clean was, that was stretching his vocabulary a little bit. Yeah. Totally <laughs> no, you should be like, hey, that's cool. Can I help? Can I help? I like that, dude. He doesn't need help. Remember, he's 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 almost got every lady on the island all over uh. his throbbing coconut flavored cock. <laughs> Natural flavors. Jimmy claims that he was a great, great baseball player, and was sent offers from the Yankees, the Pirates, the Phillies, but his big mean coach stood in his way. Oh. Quote, oh. He oh. was a bad man who was jealous of me and wouldn't release me. The dumb coach couldn't believe I got those letters because he thought he was better than me. I don't think he got those letters. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. It. I doubt he did. Same. Hey, maybe. Uh, maybe. No, no like, because not maybe because the 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 headhunters for the MLB are not in Hawaii. They're down in Colombia. And Mexico because, and Cuba, because that's where they all come from. It's true. Like, you're well, not going to find a Usain Bolt in Hawaii. You're going to find him in Africa. Just not going to. It's too fast. 
the Hawaiians like to take it easy. They don't want to be out running people. They want to be surfing waves. Yeah. Am I right, Cody? What's happening outside of your window right yeah, now? Yeah, you want to find a Kelly Slater, pro skater, millionaire? Then just yeah. go to Cody. Hawaii. Yep, come here. <laughs> Dime a dozen. I mean, yeah, Mike so skates the uh, asphalt waves. You know, he's he's an islander. <laughs> I am on an island as we speak. That is true. So Jimmy starts working at a gym owned by professional wrestler Jim Dean Higuchi, better known as oh. Dean Ho. Dean Ho. Who's Justin, he? do you know anything about Dean Ho? I don't know anything about him. <clears throat> no, Dean Ho was a, a bodybuilder uh, who, who started a pro wrestling gym. He, he was pretty much like a glorified jobber in, in <laughs> a lot of the NWA ter territories that um, Jimmy Snook would a jobber? kind of venture to. So a jobber is a boy that does the job. And yeah. so uh, a jobber um, is kind of the, the slang term, the more derogatory term of somebody that um, that takes the pinfall for for bigger talent to get to get them over. Makes it look good. So he's like a stooge. Exactly. In, uh, in, in, enhancement talent, I think. Yes, Travis, but they don't appreciate correct. being called stooge. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, a stooge. They, they, they play a very important role, you know, because you got to be a good worker. You got to be sound and you got to be able to work with everybody. Right. They just get beat up. Basically, pretty much. They're the U's of this show, yeah. Mike. Yeah, Mike. They, they, they get, <laughs> yeah, that was ours, Cody. We didn't need a jobber, but we got Mike. Mike, I am so, on the uh, same yeah, that, smoothness that is, as that you. That is possibly the meanest no. thing ever said on this podcast. <clears throat> I didn't even get it. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, Dean, Dean, go, Ho, Dean Ho is a former WWF tag team champion. He, he has accolades to him. Uh, but his career didn't amount to much, so there, there it is. All right, all right, yeah, makes sense. So we know a little bit more about Dean Ho. We got some vernacular in there, jobber for those jobber. of you, uh, mom. I know you're listening, so that's what a jobber is. He <laughs> says Dean taught him martial arts. <laughs> martial arts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says Dean taught him martial arts, and luckily he never had to use any martial arts. Oh, thank God. <laughs> luckily. Superfly is more of a lover than a fighter. Oh. This might yeah, be bro. a little foreshadowing. Yeah, brother. Uh, Good vibes, brother. We're going to find you know out. That, you know that coconut peen fucking penetrates everybody on the islands, brother? <laughs> <laughs> if I want to, but I don't want to, I just take the ones I love, brother. But he loves everyone. He loves everyone, and he tries to paint himself in this super passive, loving person in this autobiography. That's what he's going for. Okay. He started taking steroids around this time, too, which he said he thought were just vitamins. That's what everyone uh, thinks steroids are. I'm sure he did. That dumb motherfucker. I'm okay, sure. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's. I feel like a lot of people that do take steroids could just be stupid and be like, yeah, that's a, that's a vitamin. Those are Flintstones, dog. See this Barney uh, Rubble? beat me to the Flintstones me? joke. It's yeah, like codes. You still got to put the work in, you know? There's a lot of negative connotations to it. But so, but, you, 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 but we're talking about a man that now, okay, every every girl in Hawaii wanted to suck his big old Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> Island dick, and now, small now, yeah, now he's doing steroids. It's it's a little it's 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 a uh, shriveled. I was gonna say shrimp, but shrimp are big. Shrimp uh, cocktail shrimp, jumbo, jumbo. shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying like more like a millipede. It's got a thousand legs, but it's small. Yeah. Right. It's moving around, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's under rocks. He entered a, a few bodybuilding competitions, and he even won a few. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, he had a great body. It was Mr. Uh, Mr. Ho Mr. Hawaii. 
Yes. Mr. Han- Mr. Honolulu. Oh. I'm just going to say Mr. Honolulu. That sounds nice. Mr. Pearl Harbor. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but then he realized there was no money in these competitions, and he shifted his attention to pro wrestling. This is now how Jamie gets into his shit. So he mm. meets a wrestler named Cowboy Frankie Lane, <laughs> who taught him all the moves, all the holds, how to take a bump in exchange for some bodybuilding tips. Oh, look at okay. that. Uh, Lane was the person who got Jimmy to Portland for his first promotional circuit. What up, PDX? Listen, I just want to, let me just, I'll just say Frankie Lane is a wrestler. It's why uh, you're here. It's fine. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Do it harder. Um, uh, wrestled uh, in, in Canada, uh, mostly, and Puerto Rico. He had these feuds with Carlos Colon. Who's uh one probably one of if not the most famous Puerto Rican pro wrestlers out there, um, yeah, and he did some shit. Well, just just go. to give some context because the world we live in and we have younger um, people that are more like seeing enemies, like Mike. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so uh, everyone knows that like you know WWF WWE. But back in the day, yeah. right, Justin, there was independent... I mean, there still are, but there was <clears throat> independent wrestling leagues. So I'm kind of yes. interested yes. because, like, he's growing mm. up in Hawaii. Is there a Hawaiian independent wrestling league? Like, you know, like... I'm sure there's tan men willing to grapple in this state just <clears throat> constantly, and they have a thirst yeah. for it. But. So I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit later, but I'll, I'll, let me lay the foundation right now just to get a few of the prerequisites out of the way. Um, back in the in the 70s and 80s, um, wrestling was territory-based. And you can think of this as like your cable providers. It was these little cartels that, that, that ran um, a, a certain amount of ge- the geography, you know, around the U.S., North America, Mexico, Canada, Japan, Germany, England, all over the fucking place, if you will, and uh, and and each each territory had a had a main promoter uh, that would book you for that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in in the U.S., there was this thing called the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, and the NWA uh, was was a, a main sanctioning body for a lot of these territories. So. Uh, the NWA champion, most famously, uh, say like Ric Flair, right, who was champion for most of the 80s, uh, would travel around to Texas, to Minnesota, to to the Northwest, to Georgia, Mid-Atlantic, um, Mid-South, Florida, all this kind of shit, wrestling under the NWA like title. Uh, going to all these different territories that had their own syndicated local television stations that that they would air their shows right this is like some weird out shit with uhf where it's like buy this fish and you're gonna see a wrestling show guess what (laughs) exactly it it was exactly like stop saying guess what spike anxiety um, so the same way if you know pro wrestling now had these independents have popped up you know uh there's there's like even in New York, there's probably fucking thirty independent promotions around here. Uh, those were more prominent and more regional, uh, as far as like the, the the states that they covered. And yeah, so you know, it, it, I, I I can the the best analogy is with like cable providers. You know how got it? How okay? Yeah, no, that makes how, so how what ISPs or something now like would cover a certain amount of area. That's how <laughs> wrestling promotions were back in the day. Like I said, he's he's about to head to Portland 
to get onto his first wrestling circuit, but it would be inappropriate for Jimmy to go to Portland and begin his wrestling career without knocking up a Samoan <clears throat> and getting a shotgun wedding before leaving. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Standard yeah, there you go. There's the, Samo- There's the Samoan influence. You have to have it. his life. It is. Mm-hmm. So he did that. Uh, he <laughs> married his second wife, Sharon, to which he admits there were good times, but no real connection. Uh, no worries, though. Shortly after moving to Portland, Jimmy got a house, and Sharon and Jimmy's mom and Sharon's parents moved in. And who else knows who moved in? Because, Cody, I don't know how you, you Hawaiian people do with housing, but apparently it's like rats. You, you shove everyone that can fit into the house, and then you charge them rent, and then you make the house bigger. That's literally yeah. like... There you go. Yes, it's literally that a was thing mentioned. called monster housing. <laughs> so it's like that was mentioned in the autobiography yep. where he says how he built parts on his house. Like he bought <laughs> he bought the lumber, and then yep. Sharon's dad was a contractor, so they just figured out they're like, "There's twelve of you here now for some reason. Yep. Should we get a bigger house? No, let's just make this it's house. Like, bigger. Hawaiians That's in smart, a house though. are like cancer real estate. Yeah, whoever needs to get out of the waves, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Snooker got his mainland wrestling career started in the early '70s for NWA's Pacific Northwest Wrestling. Uh-huh. That's the National Re- Wrestling Alliance uh, syndicated territory, as as I mentioned. Before. PNW. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that territory is run by second generation wrestling promoter Don Owen. Uh, whose track record for not screwing over talent earns him a reputation rarely given to people in his line of work. An honest, good man. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he paid people mm-hmm. on time. He fulfilled his promises. Um, it was rare. Well, wrestlers back in the day, I mean, there's that movie, The Wrestler, right? And I feel like that kind of portrays what wrestling was like. But, like, they don't <clears throat> give a shit about you, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, talent... Comes and goes. Yep. And I think that was the mentality a lot. It's like podcasting. If you're my favorite murder, <laughs> everyone loves you. Everyone, you're the oh golden God. child. Have if, you guys started doing if podcast heavy hole, yet? If you're heavy hole or you're uh, roast mortem cast, everyone wants to see you uh, eat eat a vagina that's filled with that's filled with diarrhea. All right, so hold on, mm-hmm. pause everything because no, I sent you guys a picture earlier this week. Um. Fucking BuzzFeed ripped us off. Oh yeah, they came out with something called oh, yeah. Roast Mortem after we were out, and there's a you can buy a Roast Mortem fucking shirt at Hot Topic. Apparently, uh, apparently, fucking BuzzFeed is in bed with Hot Topic. So fuck I, you yeah. guys. Those are too horrible. Them? Like companies combined. How dare you talk shit about journalists? We need them now more than ever. <laughs> mm. Or right. just, yeah, independent sorry. band t-shirt provider. Well, listen, now that the two greatest podcasts in the land, the Heavy Hole and the Roast Morton, have combined here, brother, and you can see lightning bolts. I don't know if you looked outside of your window right now, but thunder's Yeah, climbing. I've been trying to ignore it. And the oh, lightning yeah. is striking oh, wow. right now because there's magic being made, dude. That's nice. All your MSM fucking podcast servers, man, <laughs> is going to take notice about what we're doing here, dude. <laughs> so let me continue right now with the snooker, brother. Please do. So Dono ran this promotion 
It's phenomenal. He's doing a great job. So Snooker, in addition to being paid well and on time, uh, he enjoyed all the splendor a young worker could in the territory. Oh. He held the Pacific Northwest Wrestling Champion Heavyweight Championship six times. Illustrious. Wow. He held their tag team belt wow. six times. And had the honor of working a two-year feud with another one of pro wrestling's greatest gifts to society, a young, a rookie, Jesse the Body Ventor. Wow. Oh, feuded with him. I mean, he's so calling out all them chicken hawks. I love Jesse, Jesse man. <laughs> Dude, Jesse can, Jesse can get it. <laughs> Jesse can finally get it. I want- so over the next seven years or so, Albrutta mm. dragged his steroid and coconut-saturated frame flexing and splashing across the u.s <laughs> working for several of the uh of the big market nwa territories including uh texas mid-atlantic georgia winning championships and and quick to become a fan favorite at every stop nice snooker was a like a, he was listen he was a tremendous athlete uh with an extremely hard to match work ethic in the ring like I said before, his incorporation of high-flying moves was incredibly innovative for the time. And since he couldn't really speak English well, oh. his storytelling in the ring and, and, and his athleticism in the ring uh, was a main factor in him getting over it. So what was his main oh, wow. move? Because every wrestler has a move, right? And you say he's, he's high-flying, he's high-flying, he's like... Jumping around, he's a little fucking. Uh, I was gonna call him a Mexican bean, but he's like a flying, <laughs> flying Hawaiian. Hawaiian, <laughs> flying Hawaiian. He's jumping around. There you go. Uh, what? Tom, take take yeah. this. Like Justin's saying, like Jimmy is a hugely, huge, huge influential wrestler. The look, the attitude, the move, the lack of shoes. People took note of that because he never wore shoes in the ring. Don't even. else wore shoes? Okay, no, no shoe sponsor. No shoe sponsor. No. He hated I think shoe it was sponsors. That- I think it was Enzo Amore before the uh, before the controversy. He said, "Put your shoes on." I tend to disagree. Yeah, take them off. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, take them off. Um, so, just breathe. for all of our non wrestling fans, mostly Cody, I guess, and Travis, uh, I'm just <laughs> yep. gonna tell you what's up. Uh, he he had a signature move called the Superfly Splash, which required jumping off the top mm-hmm. rope of the ring, mm-hmm. which is about four feet from the mat. Yep. With all four limbs sprawled out like a vicious sunflower, like landing a- on the half-sitting receiver of this person. So the, whoever was oh taking it in, they couldn't be laying down. They had to kind of prop themselves up like quarter way through a sit-up. Uh, overall, the move was low impact for the receiver because Jimmy took most of the brunt on his knees. Oh, but, great. Oh. Well, uh, like, well, Tom, let me just cut you there. If somebody please. was half-sitting up, that's to reduce the impact of the move, man. That's that's inside baseball well, on, on that. Are you guys thing. talking that it's but, not uh, real though? Like they're not trying to hurt each other. Shut up, Travis. It's it's not about that. What the fuck are you talking about? What are those words? <laughs> no, no. It's a it's a team sport. Go on, Tom. Team sports so, entertainment. Like squad. So it's very important that, uh, like you know, you're 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 talking to each other in the ring a bit. You're making things happen. You're making magic happen. So when you're like getting ready for this, you got to keep your eyes open. It was very important to whoever was on the receiving end of the Superfly Splash to keep their eyes open and get ready Gotta for the Gotta look. All right. So if the receiver wasn't laying flat or not paying attention, it would force the shit out of their colon post-haste. 
as it did on one brown night for <laughs> Jeff Miller, a.k.a. the Metal Maniac, a man whose gimmick was to look like a stand-in for the Andrew Lloyd Webber play Cats. <laughs> He's a furry? Jeez. Yes, they had gone out to a steak dinner the night before. Or, oh, no, no, right before the match. They didn't go for a steak dinner. They went to Jimmy John's. Wherever the fuck, no, there was a steak dinner and, and, yeah, steak, and fucking, you gotta get your protein in. Uh, yeah, no, that bread shit. So the two of them are out for dinner because they've been doing matches together for a while. And Jimmy's like in the autobiography, he's like, This guy's not chewing one bit, brother. He's taking one bite and swallowing it. And I'm wow. looking at him like, Oh, <laughs> this is not gonna end well, brother. <laughs> As it goes. You got Jimmy jumping off the top rope, landing right on this guy who's full of steak. <laughs> oh, no. Shits his pants all over the ring. It was probably one of the quickest back to the locker room moves in any sports or sport entertainment history. Oh, shit. A lot wow. of shit everywhere. Wait, yeah. so you can see Brown on the ring? In the ring? Um, that I don't know, but everyone smelled it real bad. I kept it in his tights, brother. Listen, if you, guys tight. do a bon if you guys want to do a bonus episode of pro wrestlers who have shit their pants on the ring i would gladly come back and we we can create some beautiful uh patreon level content i'd love to i know listeners. fellow podcaster um uh who's his name the punk w wc fields punk, <laughs> <C. M>. punk. <laughs> he shit his pants wc fields he did yes yes he did a, he did a duty brown right in the yeah. ring yes damn uh, doo doo browns, man. I mean, oh, it, it kind of comes with the territory. It happens, but it's just a testament to how devastating oh. the Superfly Smash is. What a maneuver! Off the top rope, 15 feet in the air, splashing down on the opponent, man. There's no chance. Did you guys make a song about a five finger splash? Is that what Jimmy Snookerfly? Justin, yeah, could okay. you just explain a little bit of how influential that move was to a lot of wrestlers? Oh my God! Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, I'm also going to touch on this later in the pod, but it's never too early to talk about influential splashes. You know what I'm talking? about? Oh yeah. He's got to get a couple fingers so, in there. Go, go up, upward. Stop. Get a so, stop. As I'm doing, as I'm doing a kickflip on my tech deck right now, just landed. That's what that sound is. Actually, landed, landed with bolts. Um, bolts, baby. Yeah, this is just a testament to to. The, the innovative, like, high-flying style that Jimmy Snooker was doing. I mean, like, maybe it was because he couldn't read. Maybe because he, he he couldn't speak. Or he just wasn't really, like, fucking smart at all. That he's just like, let me just jump off the top rope. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. Like, like, you say for at the innovative, time, but I'm thinking poop-inducing. Yeah. For for at the time, like, no reason. But, you know, um, there's there's a famous story with the, during the Intercontinental match between uh, Don Morocco and Jimmy Snuka in a steel cage in MSG in, in 1983 that uh, like Mick Foley was in the audience at the time and saw Jimmy Snuka do his super fly sm uh, splash off the top rope. Uh, I mean, off the top of the cage and uh, completely changed his wiring and his brain of like, I need to be a pro wrestler. I need Wait, wow. so Michelin and Foley was, he became a wrestler <laughs> because of Jimmy Snuka fly. <laughs> like he was yeah, doing all that. Yes. I'm I'm with the Undertaker. I'm gonna eat fucking glass on my back with my mouth back. Is that the guy with the sock hand? Yeah, like the sock, sock yeah, these, puppets and shit. Yeah, like these that. are these are all. Um, you guys are <laughs> I, well. Yes, thank you guys. These are all uh, 
evolutions of of Mick Foley's several characters. <laughs> oh, but but the man, yeah, the man was there that night, and and that move was so astonishing, so amazing to that live audience, uh, inspired a handful of people to change their lives around. Where I need to get into that squared circle, I need to fucking mm. put my entire body weight on some fools from high up on the ground. Damn. And uh, yeah, man. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, that's fucking nuts. He's like, a pioneer. Like, that's Smoking. crazy. My my cardio isn't that good. I'd probably lose my breath a lot. I feel like I throw up. So, And shit, I don't want to work to change that. No. So that's crazy. But wow, this All is right. great. Not, not, call, oh, not calling it a sport. This. But um, so Shut up. like you look at gymnastics. Like there's a video of gymnastics from like 1930 or 1920, and they do like a little flip, yeah, yeah they, right? And they're like, "There's videos of gymnastics to this." No, day. I'm just saying. In the past, <laughs> though, dog. In the past, you do you watch like gymnastics in the 30s? They like do a cartwheel, and they're like, "Oh, look what I did!" And now yeah. they're fucking doing like eight flips in the air, fucking crazy shit. Oh, progression, Dude. right? And and so it's, like what I was gonna say is like you watch wrestling now, and you're saying like. <laughs> Someone comes off the top ropes and like jumps on someone. That's like what you'd expect to see when you watch WWE nowadays. Someone's gonna jump off the top ropes and hit someone. But uh, back then, yeah, it's, it's like it, it was yeah. different. It's par. It's par for the course now. But it's yeah, it, you're Innovative. exactly right. Like back then, nobody had ever done. Nobody ever ever seen it. Nobody had ever right. really done it. It's like nine hundred man. You know, setting a trend. Now they're doing ten eight. Yes. Now we're yeah. doing now. We're, now you got the young bucks doing four fifties off the top rope or shooting star presses, <laughs> like nobody's business. Right? It's it's like yeah, it's like the nine hundred in skateboarding or or a tray flip in skateboarding or and it's like it's like doing blast beats in metal, like that was a thing. And then it's like yep. um, not rhyming when you're rapping, oh, like dude. breaking <laughs> the boundary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's exactly like that, man. Yeah, so I like Justin, how you used um, metal and skateboarding to describe wrestling. That's all, all I song. fucking know. I don't know. Well, every, <laughs> I'm a poor man. <laughs> it's like it's like politics, man. It's like saying you had the biggest inauguration of the world, right? You did because he came off the top rope and, and swore in on the bottom. Right? You did. Now, you, now you don't you don't even know now the next president if there even is one. Yeah, you know he's you know he's got to fucking he's got to do something else, man. He's yeah. gotta, he's gotta be fucking full uh, upside down it, dog. Well, he's like, gotta be erect. Read, like, he's gotta, he's gotta be so erect that he's holding the Bible on his own penis while he's swearing in. Yeah, yeah wow. that's right. He's gotta, they, be, he's gotta be a single man. That's and, gonna be hard and, to do. And, exactly. Yep. Justin, tell us more about his wrestling career. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I got frozen shrimp in the fridge. I might heat that up after we're done. It's fro it's frozen in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me just do a side story and maybe Trav you can help me out because I also have a lot of frozen shrimp in the freezer. I don't know when to defrost it. When you, do you do it? You do it when you're ready. It's like selling on the you stock do market. You do it you when you're know. like you you have to so like they have yoga class. How no, many hours? No, no, no. Like, all right, they have yoga classes. You can do Pilates classes. I offer a seven-day when do you thaw a shrimp uh, treatment, which you okay. will feel. So after seven days? No, seven days to figure out when your chakras have aligned for you to de-thaw that shrimp. De-thaw. Right, cool. 
Travis, continue with this story, but I just want to tell their listeners, your podcast app should have a feature where you can skip ahead 15 seconds at a time. (laughs) You're going to want to hit that like eight times. Yeah, just No, shut up, bro. This is... Probably you should hit the rewind your, 10 seconds and listen to it again. So oh, how was your weekend, Travis? Oh, crap. <laughs> so. <laughs> Splash. Good. Tom, let me take... Tom, cut in right here. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1982, the big call came from New York. And Snooker went to go work for the McMahons wow. at the WWF. McMoney's. Just, just round of applause. Big time. Let's go, dude. Even in the territory days of pro wrestling in, in the 1980s, the WWF were big shots. Mm-hmm. Having, control, yeah. having control over the one of the largest markets, the New York and the Northeast, and exclusive pro wrestling event rights to one of the most famous venues in the world, Madison Square Garden. Cool. All of this meant the potential for larger money for the boys, bro. Yep. Yeah. That sense. That's good. And it was a testament to how hot Snooka's name was in the wrestling world at the time that he even got that call. Well, hold on, Justin. So, um, yeah, like we can't roast this cocksucker because he's still alive, amazingly. But Vince sure. McMahon, sure, um, he's mm-hmm. been kicking it. How long has he been in the wrestling industry? Like we're talking to the early '80s. Like this guy's just been around for that long. <clears throat> he inherited that shit, or what? Well, here we go. So this time that Snooker was was uh, was signed to WWF, um, I think it was made a little bit more important given the year of 1982. Because 1982 was the year that Vincent Kennedy McMahon, VKM, okay. fucking Mr. McMahon, uh, bought the company from his father. He, he created this company called Titan Sports, and he bought the Worldwide Wrestling Federation from his dad. And took sole control over it, renaming it the World Wrestling Federation. That's a coming-of-age mm-hmm. story of Greenwich, uh, um, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. And, uh, and Vince McMahon's <laughs> his, his philosophy and his vision uh, was this manifest destiny-like thing. Um, this, this, this plan to rule the big buff boy, boy world. Oh. Um, <laughs> to take his product from, from coast to coast to, to gobble up all of the syndicated uh, wrestling promotions, all the territories under, under one name to make this big pro wrestling conglomerate. But in order to do so, he needed some beefy bait for all the slam-loving marks like myself uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. To, to bite into. Got it. So right. let's cue the Superfly. Because <gasps> here he is. He's here. So. So Jimmy Boy makes his WWF debut in 1982, paired with the true bulbous, sweaty creature from the beach and fellow Hawaiian shirt mutilator, <laughs> heel manager, Captain Lou Albano. Yes, Dr. Mario! Dr. <laughs> Mario. Love it so much. Um, now, now, you might ask, uh, you know, why, if Jimmy Snooker was such a fan favorite in every promotion that he's been in, why would Vince McMahon bring him in as a heel? Yeah. Because his skin is darker than everyone else. Oh, well, <laughs> is that it? Well, yeah. Well, Vince is just fucking afraid of Island Savage. Yeah, right. And, and he and he wants you to be too. As as you should oh, be. Shit. You have no shoes on. Tell I can't him, Cody. Trust you. Yeah, dude. If you don't have shoes, you can't work on Wall Street. If you can't work on Wall Street, <laughs> I can't trust you. You're a fucking heel. 
That's 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 I feel like that's McMahon fucking. Oh my yeah. god, it's terrible. I, I forget like the no shoes rule inside the house every now and then. And I and I, I take my filthy shoes into like my grandma's house and she fucking yells at me at in a language I can't really understand. But there's English. This, yeah. There's this like one time <laughs> like my fucking garbage disposal backed up and the plumber came in without shoes. And I was, like, so fucking weirded out that there was a shoeless plumber in my fucking house. Well, it's because you lived on the North yeah. Shore of Long Island for most of your life. And you're like, get them dogs off of my carpet. It costs yeah, a it's million weird. And dollars. And you're, like, <laughs> and you're like, Hawaiian Mario, what are you going to do when my Hawaiian shit hits your feet with no shoes yeah, on? Yeah, just like, going to happen? Got to vacuum this rug more often. There's going to be bare feet on it. So, anyway, Captain Lou... Led Snooker right to the top again to challenge for the WWF championship against Bob Backlund. So Bob Backlund was a uh, collegiate wrestling fucking prodigy. Mm-hmm. Came in corn corn fed American good boy. That's good. At the time he was uh, he was champion for four years, full of corn, which is unfucking precedented. Actually, Bob Backlund has he's in the top five in WWF e history of uh, the longest title. Never heard of him. Well, you don't like wrestling. Travis, here's how you remember it. Bob Backlund, his finishing maneuver is called the cross-face chicken wing. Do you like chicken wings? (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right, I love this guy. If you you just think of wrestling, you think of chicken wings. So that's like I take a a road trip up to Cooperstown and like, guess what? This guy's got the fucking uh, mozzarella stick batty boy. And I'm like, this is my favorite (laughs) baseball player. That sounds good. <laughs> Who the hell was that? It was uh, Steven Stevenson. He played on the <laughs> Detroit um, Leg Boys. Yeah, like the, the onion <laughs> ring elbow drop. I got nothing. So <laughs> Snooker and Backlund, uh, their moment they, they they battled a few times for the belt. You know, under Captain Lou's tutelage, hmm. the man knew how to work the system. He plays Mario. Their most. Their most famous match happened on June 28th, 1982, when they squared off at Madison Square Garden Oh, in a raucous, back-and-forth steel fucking cage match. Cool, cool, uh, cool. It goes this way, it goes that way. Backlund's got the upper hand. Oh, shit, reversal. Snooker's got the upper hand. Fucking heavy arm bar. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? All the things happen. This is the crowd for that. Yes, of course we know. Now these listen, these steel cages, man, were fucking finicky. There there are no blue steel bars of the nineties or red painted fucking TV friendly bullshit. It was made out of barbed wire. No, this this was the loosest the chain link you can find from the store maybe that was underneath Home Depot. Okay. <laughs> is this before or after is, the fall of mankind? Oh, this is this is this is at like fifteen years. Yeah, before. I'm thinking okay. if so Lost they haven't learned Boys, their lesson yet. If Lost Boys made fences, yeah, I don't even know if they had zip ties back then, but it was held with like something like coconut that. Like husks, the, the the wire bread things. I don't know. Uh, glue. So during the finish of this match with College Bob right where he wants him, <laughs> a bloodied snooker climbs to the very top of the steel cage, which is like fifteen. 20, like 75 feet in the air and he leaps <laughs> look, looking to hit the super fly splash but Backlund is able to barely roll out of the way just oh, in time no. and Snooker lands eating nothing but the canvas soaked in his blood mm. 
Backlinus escapes oh the cage and his reign continues. Because listen, I don't know if I told you this before. You win a steel cage match, you climb over the top, you escape, or it's a pinfall. That's how, you, or a submission. That's how you win. So Backlund wins, and Snook is left there to regroup, suck in his own blood, and ponder his life I'm, choices. I'm man. saying a cage match just seems like when I was in high school, when we used to sneak into a cemetery, and some priest would come out. Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, some grave attendee would be like, you can't be here. And I'm, like, trying to climb over the fence. But it's not that tall. Don't worry. It's you only, never climbed over yeah, a don't fence worry. in your it's life. It's only about four feet tall. Like, I could probably step over it. But he's like, you can't be here. There's there's revolutionary war heroes here. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm drunk. There's and ghosts. You can't be here with the dead men. You're alive. <laughs> Let me snapshot and put into perspective. Jimmy Snooker has been doing this, this super fly splash off the top rope for uh, for a number of years now. Yeah. Inspiring yeah. people, captivating audiences. Mm. Blowing minds. Add, add another five, six feet to the height of where that splash comes from on the top of a steel cage, bloodied up. Yep. Soaring through the air at Madison Square Garden. The sight must have been even more memorable, exponentially memorable. Yeah, how high is that? You said earlier, 15, 75 feet? 75 feet in the air. (laughs) 75 feet? You know what, Cody, he didn't even have perfect balance on. Wow. No, nothing. Brother, the, the crimson mask was running. His eyes couldn't see. Did he do face Just paint? Feel. <laughs> Just echolocation from the fucking wow. roar of the crowd. That's how he Hold on, Justin, did awesome. he do face oh, wow. paint? Because I know back in the 80s, they used to do face paint on a lot of these wrestlers. Yeah, J- Snooker never did okay. face paint. Uh, just just so, uh, for, for imagery sake, so you know what's going on. Superfly loved the idea of Tarzan. So his entire career was based off of the look of a man in a loincloth. Yep. Hence the no shoes. After reading some of the book, I'm convinced that the no shoes thing comes from um, him only being able to use Velcro on his normal shoes and not knowing yeah. how to tie the shoes. Yeah, he's a Velcro mancer. He's a Velcro mancer. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't able to tie shoelaces. That's why he stuck with the whole no shoes. I think thing. of a Velcro. When you said Velcro mancing, I'm just thinking of like a. 70-year-old man just that can't tie his shoes. Oh, Justin, you've dropped this picture in here. Yeah, that's a that's at. a high-quality loincloth to keep everything inside yeah, during like the squat and the knees that he does. Like animal print too. Oh, yeah. Animal print too for those of you at home. What well, I would do a, well, for he's just, a savage, right? So what I would do to, for just some of that definition. Yeah. I like his wrist guards, wherever they are, wristbands. Justin, pick up where you left off with this match. Cool. So this Bob Backlund Jimmy Snooker match, highly regarded uh, by wrestling fans and critics alike at the time, and still today, as uh, as one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah. Um, the fans in WWE back then had taken notice of our good brother's uh, athletic ability and began to cheer for him. How like how could you not? You, you see that physique, you see that ability. Um, I want him on my side, man. That's that's a yeah. that's, that's a brother. That's a brother I can believe in. Whether it's out of fear or love, you want him on your side. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So, uh, so he began to to be cheered by the fans, you know, as is the same as everywhere else that he's gone. 
And thus, uh, a wedge was driven between him and Captain Lou. Oh, no. Uh, Jimmy Snook and Captain Lou started, uh, there, there was differences being, being driven between them because the captain no longer had the exclusive access to the cauliflower ear of his client. Then <laughs> uh, the people's voice was just getting louder. Wait, but what about the people's brow, though? Where was that at? Oh, dude, where, that's later. Oh. That's later. That's hot. <laughs> Wait, but what I was going to say um, <laughs> to you, Justin, was that I've never heard of these guys. Why have I never heard yeah. of these guys? <laughs> and but I've heard of like Hulk Hogan when I was like later eighties. I've heard of like uh, <clears throat> Ric Flair. I've heard of all these guys that came out of the late eighties. Why haven't I heard about you know Jimmy Superfly? Oh, it's a simple answer, Travis. It's just you were too poor. <laughs> you were, no pay-per-view. You were missing pay-per-view. Yeah, you were just too poor to have have the TV access or eyeballs. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And, uh, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, man. Listen, money gets you in, and um, you're poor. And you're poor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle you made it here, uh, based off of a little. That's right. I had the same. Well, I didn't up. have a Sega Genesis, but I knew friends that had a Sega Genesis. <laughs> and guess what? Jimmy Snookerfly. Oh, you didn't have a Sega Genesis? I'm not surprised. I had a Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Super Nintendo. So. Guess what? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I had my Super Nintendo condoms, and uh, I never even heard of them. No blast processing for Travis. No, I was blast. <laughs> There's no. I had to be free with my blast processing. <clears throat> so this rift <laughs> between this rift between Captain Lou and Jimmy Snuka all comes to a head on the very short-lived late-night talk show. Ran by Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Oh. Uh, the Victory Corner. Uh, it is revealed on, on this on this particular episode with Buddy Rogers and Jimmy Snooker and Captain Lou that the captain had been unwisely investing Mr. Snooker's money. No. What? He'd been taking advantage of the contract. That's not cool, brother. To 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 the sum of two hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars. Whoa, this is Reagan money. It, it, it turns out Captain Lou's been ripping off our brother the the whole time. And he's being Mario Captain, the whole time. Captain Lou said that he was investing in a gold mine. It turned out to be lead, right? So <laughs> what? So, Very different so, elements. So, one yeah, well, one's one's wait, more richer and one's one's more poor. Trap, you want to comment? on I was the gonna poor? say, wait, was he actually investing in lead, or was that your analogy? <laughs> Kfa brother, Kfa brother. So with the aid of Buddy Rogers, uh -huh. who's in, who's uh, you know doing all the thinking, because God fucking knows Jimmy Snooker can't do any. And if you watch the clip, there's ain't nothing going on between the ears. Mm. Um, <laughs> Captain Lou was relieved of his managerial duties, like that. Mm. Just like, like that. Well, gotta go. Jimmy 19, says, "1982, no more Captain Lou." That's how you remember. Wow, that. look at that! Right next oh. to uh, Christopher Columbus. In his autobiography, Pemdas. over and over again says, "Hey, I might not be able to read, brother, but me can count." <laughs> <laughs> He knows when he's getting jacked. Yeah, he knows when shit ain't right. That's a he is standing at the front lines of losing money like the rest of us Americans, and he gets it. He's he's an idiot. Yeah. So he's he's really in there. Well, he he gets the joke of capitalism. 
we don't. We, we're just sitting here like, where's the punchline? As like, what joke? As just like we just bleed. Yeah, no, so, he can uh, fly from the top rope. Yeah. Unlike Christopher Reeves, who couldn't fly, couldn't fucking fly on a horse. The 1980s, yeah. 1980s were a terrible hellscape. Well, he tried to fly off a horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't a Pegasus. Unsuccessful. <laughs> Mission failed. Yeah. So, uh, so for the next couple of months, uh, Captain Lou kept throwing his goons at Snuka. Um, you know, uh, Captain Lou is very vocal about his disdain for 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 the brother. Uh, and my favorite quote from a from a promo that he was doing with Mean Gene in early '83 was that Superfly is so dumb, you could take his brain and you could put it in a parakeet, and the parakeet would fly backwards. That's good. Whoa, that's very good. All right, hold on. But also, also fucking Captain Lou Albano's from like Wisconsin, and he's constantly like eating cheese and clogging his arteries. Constantly, yeah, he's constantly like clogging his arteries with cheese curds. And meanwhile, I don't see how that has anything to do with intelligence. No, meanwhile, Jimmy Snookerfly is like, I eat only like Pacific (laughs) salmon. I am the most. I'm the. Um, the best man available. I am the bionic man of the 80s. No, 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 no. You're, you're trying to paint a guy who ate dog food because he couldn't <laughs> read the can as a whole food shopper. I mean, we all make mistakes, Tom. I, I smoke Camel Crush. I should be smoking camels because there's no. And I'm sure you've eaten several it. dog treats. Those are healthier. Look, well, man, I'm not here to judge. I'm only here to tell you how it is. That's the is... entire premise of Roast Mortem. We judge. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Cody, you're right. I am here to judge. This guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> Travis? No, well, Travis, uh, we have words. You know what? So, I don't look like Bono. That's all I got to say. Captain Lou and Jimmy, it's no more, man. It's, a, it's, it's, ba- it's bad news, brother. Now, I, I'm gonna, just going to put myself out there and say maybe he was the captain. That was keeping this fucking muscular flesh train going <laughs> on the up and up. Hmm. Because dark times are ahead. Oh, no. For Mr. Oh, really? for Mr. Snook. Uh-oh. And, Tom, I see where we're at right now in this boy. Yep. So. I, I don't know if you want to take over from this first incident, brother. or if you I, like, well, I like I, this tag team I, we're going on. Yeah. It's like yeah. pop. I'm gonna do a little picture painting because I think right. it's important for everyone to Tag's know it. Symbiotic. Tag. Tag. I forgot where my camera was. Went for the monitor <laughs> like a regular old smooth brain. I'm gonna put that on YouTube. <laughs> so wrestling culture was similar to rock star culture regarding sex. Uh, Jimmy never claimed to be faithful to his wife. Pokey pokey. <laughs> pokey he liked pokey. to call it that. I'm sure his wife Sharon. Didn't know anything about it, but honestly, who cares at this point? The man seems to have uh, the brain of a fourth grader in his head telling him what to do. What fucking moral high ground are you looking for? Right. As being very generous. Like, this is no surprise. The guy's out there, he's looking hot as fuck. Like, ladies are going to jump all over that Fijian uh, rocket of a I man. I know, it's yeah. really it's really uh, hard. It is really it hard, I will say. I'm more of a uh, liverwurst type of man, but it is <laughs> it is kind of hard. Uh, yes, uh, your, your upper body is so cut and chiseled. I love to just 
fish out the cum from all the crevasses <laughs> on her upper body. It was just, just, just pointed upwards and just let me, let me find it. Let me hide and seek for this sh- brother. Let me, just the same, the same way you try to find them steamers in the beach. Let me just try and lick that cum out of those secret crevasses. See, there, there's something inherently, I know we said we weren't getting into incest mm. with this episode, but there's something about like, oh, I'm going to fuck this brother right now, which sounds a little incest. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. You do what you know. Step brother. So, like I said, he, he enjoyed having a family, but he admits he didn't like having a wife all that much. He says Sharon was violent towards him, and sometimes he would push her away to avoid any conflict. Bullshit. Uh, yeah, bull, it's according to him. Also, that's CTE-ridden brain. No, no, <laughs> out of his biography right now. So this is published material. We, uh, don't buy anything that I'm this about to This is why we say. don't use In- autobiographies, Tom. What the fuck? No, but it's the best. But it's the best. If you come into a million dollars and you feel like spending $10 on it, it's worth it. Wow. If you only have $100,000 in your bank account, which oh, meaning man. I don't have that. But if you had that, it would not be worth buying. Do you understand where I'm coming yeah, from? You're, sure. you're taking yeah, the tall it. man's route. Your legs the are longer than route. usual. Yeah. You're about seven one, and you're creeping into my room in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, where's that boy pussy? <laughs> oh, well, we, we've been we've been talking about the tremendous upper body of this individual, but now we're gonna get into. The, the equally tremendous lower yeah, okay. his grundle. Yeah. <laughs> also, at this point, he starts doing a lot of blow. Blow is fun. Yeah, that's cool. He wasn't fun on blow. I almost mixed that up. He wasn't blow on fun, is what was coming out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like but... if you're a real sociopath and you do cocaine, it's going to come out. I don't know if, do if any Jimmy... Drug, it'll come no, out. I don't know I mean... if Jimmy was a sociopath, which is less forgivable for the things we're going to talk about very soon. Well, Tom, Tom, let me piggyback on that because uh, Billy, uh, Buddy Rogers, who we just talked about, yeah, um, was actually... Uh, he was he was Jimmy Snooker's manager after Captain Lou. And really the guy who Vince McMahon tapped to kind of assimilate him into into mainland culture like northeast culture if you will uh. and and the quote from buddy rogers is that jimmy could be a sweet person but on that stuff he was totally uncontrollable mm. just completely like when he was all coked up man completely different guy fucking rage in a cage using less less of his upper body smarts <laughs> <laughs> And more of that lower lower body primal bullshit. Yeah, primal lower body. It sounds like a smart well, move to I'm, make. I'm, I'm glad you said... I, I'm glad you brought up Buddy Rogers, because now I don't have to re-articulate that point. But this guy was close to him. He wasn't just his ex-manager, he was also his neighbor. Goddamn neighbor, man. Oh, wow. So, In Portland? So they lived next door to each other. So uh, here's another quote about the relationship between Sharon and Jimmy. Jimmy used to beat the shit out of that woman. She would show up at her house bruised and battered, but she couldn't leave him. He had her hooked on the same junk that he was using. Okay. So his cocaine habit went from zero to 60 really quick. As they do. He wasn't big on using drugs when he was in Portland, but as soon as he started doing more East Coast circuits, that's when he got... money, brother. Yeah. the, The drugs were just there. 
Um, he was bored. And like everyone who lives in, in New York, you have to do lots of cocaine if you're going to get it. They, Mike, when are you going to do this? Fucking man? New York will kick you out if you're under quota. Listen, the, the, the pro wrestling lifestyle is is insane. Like this kind of storyline or whatever crosses over with a lot of like tragic professional wrestling stories of these guys are on the road 300 days of the year man yeah. like nonstop you're wrestling you're wrestling you know 6 days a week twice on sunday from 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 stop to stop like just going and it's draining you know it's what's going to keep what's going to keep the fucking what's going to keep your head going <sighs> what's going to keep it going and it's fucking drugs well yeah and some people it's not Handle it it's talent. not John Cena where he has to just show up sometimes, but he's not actually there. He just shows up sometimes, and he's like, right. "Okay, I just made a million dollars." This is a man that's like digging. He's working, like he's like a he's yeah, like he's j- cutting salami every day. He's a deli worker. You know what I'm saying? It's it's true. Uh, Jimmy was a hard worker. He was at the grind, and he claims to be good with money, but he's. Honestly, not. No. He was ripped off a lot of ways because he couldn't read contracts. Um, so even though he was very successful, he had a lot of people in his camp that were ripping him off. But anyway, so let's go back into this whole, he's beating his wife. Yeah. He's on a lot of cocaine right now. This is in the early 80s. There you go. A little foreshadowing to about four sentences from now. Okay. <laughs> Sharon most likely felt terrible about taking those beatings because, like, who wouldn't? Yeah, it's a yeah, beating. <laughs> They're beatings. But what made it feel even worse is that Jimmy was out there beating another woman <gasps> regularly. Behind her back. Oh, my God. He's consensually doing bondage. Yes, beatings are a family activity, and having extramarital affairs is another yeah. thing, but it's a disgrace to the fine institution of marriage that Jimmy would go around beating another woman behind it's Sharon's back. monster. Oh, don't, oh, don't bring that... Do- How could yeah, you? Yeah, don't bring that smack down, dog. Jeez. I thought I took your best punch. No, somebody else did. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that another woman's <laughs> lipstick? I mean, blood on your collar? Just like an earlier episode of ours, in comes Nancy. Oh, another Nancy. Uh, little yeah, little N- Sid Vicious. Nancy's have hard times, man. Nancy's have hard times with pro wrestling, I'm sure, in other mediums as well. If you're a Nancy and you're listening to this show, stand up for yourself. Change your fucking yeah. name. Because no, one, no one's trying to help no, you. No, change your name. Change Neither your name to me. Nancy with an I. Cause then your future What's lady. Nancy? Like, God beats people. I Yancy. <laughs> Yancy. Oh, yeah. Yancy. Funny. So uh, all right. So we got Yancy. We got we got Yancy. We got we got Yancy. So Nancy, this is who Jamie is beating. Tom, let me. Let, I want to ask you a question, Tom. Yeah. Who was Nancy, and who was she dating prior? Okay. Mm-hmm. Nancy was a young Italian-American from Brooklyn. She was into wrestlers. She had a thing for them, wearing those traditional trunks, all sweaty and drippy. I mean, yeah. How could thing. you not? Oh, oh, oh. I, uh, her friend was married to a pro wrestler named Johnny Rods. Oh, uh, See, I just imagine, like, well in the 80s, like, now people, you know, if you go on any of these, like, OnlyFans or whatever, like, people will sell their panties online. But I feel like in the right. 80s, it was like, sell your fucking Speedo. 
and I, and that chick will like drink your. It's just the way it is right now, you know. Like <clears throat> nothing's changed, especially <laughs> now that there's no genders. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. she. <laughs> Johnny Rods an old school motherfucker. I just want to, yeah. Just yeah. Want to so say. her friend was married to Johnny Rods, and she would be able to like hang out with her friend, and she met Johnny Rods, and she'd be able to get backstage at events with other wrestler groupies. Uh, she was one of the many girlfriends of Hulk Hogan oh. at this point, but she wasn't into his hyper liberal polyamorous lifestyle in which Mister Hulk Hogan chose to live his life by. Ah. And then Hogan loves the fuck. Yeah. Just gotta set you. I mean, yeah, he's it. full of sushi too. Here comes twenty-four inch pythons, a lot of inches to go around. What are you gonna say? Here comes Nancy. She's like, I'm not dating this guy anymore because his hair is spaghetti. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and his skin of hey. a, is of hot dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drive it home. So she meets Jimmy in in 1982, allegedly. Could be on and off a few years. Who knows? She was she was yep. twenty three at this point, around yes. there. So some claim that Nancy knew about Jimmy having a wife. She went steady with him anyway, even though he was, you know, it's like, oh, I got a wife, but what are you doing here? Um, and others claim that she had no idea anything happened. But knowing someone like Jimmy, I would believe it would be the first of those two of her not knowing because he doesn't even know how to speak. Mm. So. <laughs> how she? How is he going to slip and say something about his wife if he's never heard the word wife before? Um, the two would party together and do what party people do, like throw rocks at each other and eat too many Twizzlers. <laughs> Shit got hairy, though, really quick. Because of the Twizzlers. Yeah, the yeah. Twizzlers. Now, it's hard life. <laughs> hard life shit. Nancy's family got a bad taste from him right off the bat. Once they were, uh, she, he was hanging out with Nancy and her sister, and he whipped out some blow right in front of his sister. And oh, his sister wow. was like, "Oh shit! Like I know it's the '80s, but like, not everyone." But like, blah, <laughs> yeah, blah, brother, but, but this is the blah, brother. So what? this is like, the, yeah, this is the peak of him getting fucked. I so know you're, I know like, you're in ninth grade and it's 2020, but bruh, why are you whipping out that Molly? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you drinking a Red Bull? You remember that shit? Why are you drinking them balls? <laughs> Why are you fucking drinking them balls? So Jimmy is like, he's doing blow in front of his Nancy's sister, and Nancy's sister's like, uh, it's my house. Don't do that. Oh, okay. And uh, he threatened her immediately. Not didn't skip a beat. Yeah, he was just like, "Yo, I could crush your head or choke yeah. you or some shit." Yeah, I don't I know. His, I read or heard this line. somewhere. I can't find the source, but it did happen okay. immediately. Like Nancy's family is just like, "Oh shit, this guy's doing blow and threatening to murder one of our other daughters." You got to be kidding me! Other daughters? <laughs> Get daughters. rid of it! No way. We need the other daughters. Otter daughters. Otter. Get, really get, get off of our daughters. otter daughters. So I'll tell you about the first incident that happened on record with Nancy that might have told any person with common sense to go, yeah, which would be Nancy swatch. at this point. I don't want to be victim blaming, but at the same time, after this one, you might see a trend. Pull the ripcord. Uh, yeah. I don't want to take this personally, but I feel like lifting right now. I don't know about you. Stop lifting. We're talking. It's different. All right. One night, January 1983, in Howard Johnson Hotel in yeah. Salina, New York, some snitch-ass bitch-ass called the police 
where they heard <laughs> shouting coming from Jimmy and Nancy's room. Mm -hmm. Before the police arrived, Jimmy was seen dragging Nancy around by her hair through the fucking hallways. When the two responding officers got there, they knocked down the couple's door. Or they didn't knock it down, rather. They knocked on it. Like, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, who's there? And knocked they were down. greeted by a screaming Nancy. And a Jimmy dressed only in his underwear. I mean, he's in his hotel room. What do you like? Leave yeah. him alone. But he refused to let them enter. All right, that's fine. They should get a warrant. The officers had seen this movie somewhere before and decided to call for backup. Shortly after, seven more police officers and two canine units showed up to help take down this drugged-up chowderhead. <laughs> That's a lot of people. They pinned him. Is he Drudge Dread? It took it's eight fucking officers and a dog yeah. to get this boy together. Ugh. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he got bit twice. One of the officers <laughs> got bit during this because dogs are fucking <laughs> stupid. Oh, I thought you were going to say got, Jimmy got him. You got a fucking tanner is flying, fucking sweat and meat is flying, got dog teeth in there. Somebody's going to yeah. get bit. It's a fucking mess right now. So they pinned him up after this long struggle, and they took him to jail wearing nothing but underwear in the middle of January. Now, the police did offer to help him put clothes on, but Jimmy refused because... He's Come an on. Amazon warrior. Yeah, it's a show off his body. It's a bot. It's a body business, brother. Show yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah. Yo, uh, yo. What? Um, when you take my mugshot, can you take it from my uh, yeah. from my waist down? Because look at these fucking thighs right now. Yeah, can right. Like they're gonna rape him. They don't see his thighs right away. Trust me, you this could... guy's not getting raped. He's doing the rape. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's why those <laughs> pictures were taken. Uh, can you take uh, four, uh, also more pictures of uh, my lats? from the back yeah he he's getting ready to be sentenced so during this entire or ordeal nancy was able to get a call out to her sister crying asking her to get her the fuck out of there she recalled that the fights had started because she wasn't paying attention to him she was watching tv while he was trying to explain the good word of the lord to her oh no. so she was trying to yeah. watch regis and he's like guess what sounds 27 <laughs> we will chill. Why? Why is it that all these people you can't read, but you can read yeah. the Bible? Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, there's some hard words. In Dude, the that was really hard. Jesus words. before Regis. Oh yeah, do me a favor. Spell Deuteronomy. Dude, I hate. Oh no. Deuteronomy. Uh, I get back to you on that one. I've never seen. Dude, where's my car? Um, but should I don't know. Should I? We got all yeah, this It's a terrible it's like, movie. Never watch it. This event resulted in Jimmy getting out of jail on a $5,000 bail and donating $1,500 to the department, the police department. That fucking Wait, department. What? Fund. That's yeah. just accepting bribery. No, no, he did. He says he did that from his own goodwill. Uh -huh. He felt bad for being a nuisance. Oh. Uh, thank you very much for arresting me. I hope you don't Great do anything job. else. Here's some money yeah. for yourself. Here's don't worry. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the fourth rope? Uh, I don't think you have. <laughs> So guess what? Uh, you arrested me, but kinda. One last thing I want to point out about this is not the story itself, but rather how Jimmy talks about it in his autobiography. Oh yeah, it's like nothing happened. Now remember, there's nine people involved in this that are not Jimmy. Police officers. There's and two dog. dogs out there. This is going crazy. There's a lot of people who are well in their mind who could say what happened. But you have Jimmy telling his story in the book. I'm paraphrasing here. Sure. Dude, I was sitting in my room drinking beer, and the police came in. And I'm all like, what's happening, ho-ha-ho-las? 
<laughs> and they started beating the shit out of me with their howley sticks. <laughs> howley sticks? What? Oh. Knock it off. I'm just relaxing, trying to watch the Jetsons, brother. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a good show. I'd be pissed off, too. I don't accept George Jetson at all as a person because he puts his car, which is floating, in a suitcase. Tesla. Mine, I, dude, Cartoon I drive a Wrangler. I'm trying to take up two spaces at all time. I ain't trying to put it in a suitcase. I'm so proud of you for uh, having a Jeep. No, you know, boys is, are Jeep, this is not, man. This is not the time. This is not yeah, the time yeah. for it, I know, but I'm... I'm proud of myself, dude. I'm just Thank you. Make the time. I appreciate so it. So if you guys could see the I'm visual pretty... right now, Justin has jumped from from his house to Tom's house and is giving Tom a blowjob. A Jeep blowjob. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. They, they're touching see, Tom, their Jeep grill, like their Jeep Wrangler grill. Yeah, together. it looks. It, it kind of looks like it kind of looks like Tom has lost a wheel near his ball sack, and Justin is is jacking it up and attaching no, a new I'm wheel. Just, yeah, he's putting a he's putting a lift kit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to install my lift kit on Tom's wiener right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's called Jeep throating. Tom, did Very you get good, it, sir? Did you get it? I got it. My nuts are okay. dry. Right. I just filled up. I'm empty already. All right. So we just talked about Jimmy's first run-in with the law and where we could see his true colors. Now, we're not really going to be referring to his autobiography anymore, which Good. we have obviously seen is a giant <clears throat> sham of a man whose brain has turn into soft powder. Yeah. He now, has a terrible he has a terrible memory except when it comes to him with that he has a fluffy beautiful fucking soft memory. Dude, he loves everybody. I mean, your penis has the SD drive. Okay. And if you've ever wondered where the SD SD drive yeah, is inserted, <laughs> it's right at the bottom yeah. of the shaft, right below where the balls really droop. Okay. And that's you can insert new memory into that. But if you reach a certain point, yeah, you're like, my I first, don't know. Yeah, who was my first girlfriend? Who did I lose my virginity to? Yeah, that, I don't remember her name, <laughs> yeah, but she right? was, I like pokey doing pokey. It. <laughs> <laughs> In all of my research trying to uh, refute that, I haven't found anything. So it's the truth. Yeah, it's the <clears> basically basic the truth. Word. So, so we covered uh, Jimmy Snooker's first run-in, uh, first real run-in with the law. Where his his drug use was kind of prevalent, yeah. and uh, and I would just like to reiterate, like this is while he's in the WWF and on his way up, and like he is the the at this time the main attraction, and we're talking right before Hulk Hogan comes in. So Jimmy Snuka is the man. He's the guy. <clears throat> he's the man in 1982, 1983. That's who. That's who they're banking on for 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 coming up. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the night when it all kind of turned to shit. Yeah. All right, Justin. Before we talk about the night that turns all the shit, what was his entrance theme? Okay. So interesting point ab about this is um, there were no entrance themes. Right. Really? And, re and regarding entrance themes in this podcast, the reason we don't talk entrance themes <laughs> on this podcast is because Cody is from Hawaii. Yes, that's the only reason. Yeah. That's it. That's the, the sole yeah, reason. Yeah, thanks, guys. But no, uh, one, no one on this podcast has anything to do with <clears throat> wrestling entrance themes. Entrance themes in, in, in wrestling 
at least in the WWF, and I think they kind of set the tone throughout. Uh, they weren't prevalent until after the first WrestleMania in like 1985, 1986. Wow. That's when like wrestlers started coming out to music, and even still, like the music would change, and there was no real themes. That started kind of, that that whole idea started kind of the, to to evolve in the late 80s. Fancy. So. At this point, uh, wrestlers would come out to nothing. You know, very similar to boxers at the time. You know, would just come out to nothing. Oh, cool. Um, and and kayfabe, like, as far as the public was concerned, like these were shoot fights. You know, these were um, as real as it gets. You know, the the business was still protected. Yeah, the, um, the the kayfabe was really important back then. I mean, it still kind of is now, <laughs> but back then they wouldn't even let the heels use the same locker room as the baby face. Yep. And for our uh, temporary, temporarily smooth brain listeners, kayfabe is a carny term. And it's the, it, 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 it loosely means the suspension of disbelief, man. Like, it's the, it's the yeah. show. No. Okay. And what is a heel and what is a... What's a, heel? <laughs> a, a heel's a bad guy. A, fa- a baby face is a good guy. That's okay. It. Just so we all That's... know. Because I didn't know that until... You told me you're like Travis. You're such a heel. Why yeah. are you pulling your penis out? And because I'm a heel. Well, you, sh- <laughs> well, you, sh- you should have been paying attention to the to when you're watching the Grinch at Christmas time when he's like, "You really are a heel." Oh yeah, that's right. He's a fucking bad guy. Oh, okay. See, I always when I was a kid, I don't know if there was something wrong with me, but when I was a kid, I always rooted for like if I wanted to watch GI Joe, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, fucking scorpion," or like cobra. I'd be like, "What yeah, the cobra?" Fuck? He was, he was or like, cool. I'd, I'd be like, "How Fuck did Mike yeah. just correct like, you on cobra?" Know. I'd always, I always rooted for the bad I guy. I don't know what it was, like fucking Splinter, like Shredder. he was the dude. He let kids. Whatever, well, God, fucked up yeah. twice. He likes this, this is he like kids smuggling. This is the result of someone trying to be a heel and then turning into an alcoholic. <laughs> I oh. could go on. I could go off on a, on a very substantial tangent right now, where you talk about people loving the antihero, people loving the heel, uh-huh. loving South. Yeah, loving I'm talking South about Park, loving Stone Cold Steve Austin, loving the Joker. Loving what are we Trump all white men here? We're all white men here. The we all love the Joker. We are Bernie's. Everyone heel. here loves the Joker. There's a clear line between Cartman and and Trump. We can we can go there if you want. Is there <laughs> clear as fucking day? Clear mm. as fucking coconuts glistening on the on the Beastern shores. Beastern shores. So. <laughs> On the night of May 10th, 1983, after finishing his last match at the WWF TV taping in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Jimmy Snooker returned to room two, uh, 427 at the okay. George Washington Motor Lodge <laughs> right number. to find his girlfriend of nearly a year, allegedly, oh. Nancy Argentino, gasping for air. <gasps> hmm. Wow. More like wow. gasping for dick. Wow, what a sight. Um, <laughs> he calls an ambulance. Uh, Allentown uh, Hospital, you know, picks her up. Ta- takes her in. Two, years, uh, two hours later. Two hours later, uh, 23-year-old Nancy Argentino was pronounced dead. Wow, fuck. Of, Shit. Uh, undetermined 
craniocerebral injuries. You got smacked up. So not choking on a dick, more like getting your head in by a fucking ape boy. Good ass, man. <laughs> All right, and just so, just a um, God, just a quick note to our future sponsors: we uh-huh. are covering a little bit of true crime right now. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, Please forgive uh, us. All, I, yeah, I love that. Hey, guess what? Hey, my favorite murder. Um, you guys like getting that much money? Guess what? Roast Mortem. We could get equally as much. Money. <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely um, in the true crime realm. And I just want to say, as a, even a guest on Roast Mortem, uh, that we don't condone undetermined uh, craniocerebral injuries. We have nothing to do with it. We don't condone this. (laughs) Well, you know, this is first time, everyone, so give him a break. Justin, I'm I'm very happy that you took that strong standpoint. How could you say something so controversial? Um, yet I was so always, brave. We all agree on that. I was always told that I was brave, and I'm happy to uh, to actually. Uh, You're very brave. This. You're very Thank brave. Thank you so much. Let me list for you the facts before we get into uh, all the alleged kind of hearsay, man, because there's really nothing else. And we're all talking. You know, listen, brother, brother. The autopsy on Nancy showed that she suffered way mo- uh, more than two dozen cuts and bruises all over her goddamn body. Oh, man. Uh, the deputy coroner on the case, Wayne Snyder, said, quote, upon viewing the body and speaking with the, path- the pathologist, uh, I immediately suspected foul play. Hmm. And so she could have done it. She could have done it to herself. She could have fallen downstairs into a pile of knives. You could have. You could have fallen down. Yeah, you could have fallen yeah. downstairs in a pile of knives. Or guess what? You could have been working at the scissor factory. And oops, guess what? I I missed one of the, the scissors. And an avalanche <laughs> of scissors. So, <laughs> yeah, but straight up, like you look at this body, and it's like, whoa, that's just some killed fuck, some fuckery. So not only was the foreman of the scissor factory uh, notified, but the district attorney was also notified. I see. I see. On this, <laughs> good. So Snooker was held for questioning after the death. Original, originally saying that the two had gotten into an argument in the hotel before the TV taping and that he had accidentally shoved Nancy and she had fell down and hit her head uh, oh my God. without you know, never expecting uh, to see what he did upon returning to the hotel room later. After that, uh, he told the police that they had misunderstood him oh. and said that uh, him and Nancy had stopped along the side of the road and um, on their journey to Allentown from Connecticut, the previous WWF taping, uh, the day before. Mm. And the pair had been drinking and fucking snorting God knows what uh, the whole time. Because... Twizzlers. That, that's what you fucking do. Jesus, Jesus dangerous. So the, his, <laughs> his, his second story goes that they decided to pull over to relieve themselves. And Nancy had slipped on the mossy ground and hit her head on the concrete. Oh, my God. Um, it's a bad story. Meaning that her, her death at the hotel room was the eventual result of complications of a head injury from um, meeting the concrete uh, very, very closely. Wow, know. we were joking about scissor avalanches <clears throat> and falling down a staircase into a pile of knives, but that's just as less. In the autopsy, they found absolutely no traces of her head hitting concrete because when your head exactly. hits concrete or asphalt or any kind of hard rock it's really <clears throat> easy to pick up the mineral that comes from the impact that's right uh, so yeah. if she hits her head they're going to find that <clears throat> in her skin 
The most they could deduce from the autopsy was that her head hit a stationary object, uh, but it was it was not it was not concrete or road because, like Tom said, you would find some sort of particles of gravel or grass or something or to another uh, dirt. Yeah, it, uh, in that dead skull of hers. <laughs> I mean, so if you want us to talk for another forty five minutes on about why there weren't those particles, you know we do. Um, you can head over to the Roast Mortem uh, True Crime Podcast, or you can just continue listening to the Roast Mortem Cast, where we're just not going to talk about that shit because guess what? She didn't get hit by fucking concrete. So um, these two stories were uh, were among a handful that Snooker would. You know, would tell depending on his mood or mental Uh-oh. state or Whichever intoxication level at, at, at the time. Story straight. And it's uh, it's important to say that n- none of, of these stories have ever been actually proven, and none are in the, in the actual record as like the truth of what have, what has happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the county sheriff had continued their case um, to no avail. Wow. Later. Really? So uh, uh, a couple, a bunch of days later, on June first, nineteen eighty-three, uh, as as the county sheriff's office were were trying to wrap up what was going on, um, Snooker met with then district attorney, uh, assistant district attorney Robert Steinberg, and medical and the medical examiner at the time, with one other person, and no, it wasn't Snooker's lawyer. Hmm. It was Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh my oh, God! Oh, wow. Guess yeah. what? He walked into the ring and he was like, "Guess what? I got this this box, uh, a briefcase. I would hang this over a ring, but guess what? I'm gonna leave it right on this table. You guys can fight over it's it." It's so weird that you would talk about my ex boss. I mean, Cody's <laughs> ex appropriator. Yeah, in that fashion. What did he? So, why, why was he there? So I just want to say for the 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 validity of this. Amazing true crime podcast right. that has let that let me on right now, Justin. Why did you turn our podcast into a true crime podcast? I never wanted this to be a thing, but guess what? Uh, <laughs> sorry, what? you blew it. You ruined everything. <laughs> Are you drunk and saying Drew crime? I, I feel like well, I've heard that like at least yeah. Eight times. I'm talking about Drew Car- Drew Carry crime. Yeah, parking well, I, tickets. I, 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 I ruined the heavy hole bi-weekly, and I thought I'd come over here. Just ruin what you have going on. He's got a quota to keep so, up. So the details are fuzzy, uh, as there is there is no public record of what was said in this meeting. And Jimmy Snooker doesn't remember anything. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> as he's accounted, you know, very conveniently, but 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 mo- but more ac- probably more um, believably, like because is a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's like, it's like, guess what? I was in TTBY and jerking off, but I'm not going to remember that. He, he, he remembers, <laughs> he remembers nothing at all other than the alleged very nice briefcase that Vinnie Mac had with him at the time of this meeting. Oh, not Bernie though. No. no. So, uh, the assistant district attorney Steinberg recalls that Snooker kept his mouth shut. Uh, for for the entire meeting, and that Vince did all the talking, As he saying does. that saying that Vince was very effusive. Oh, that's a great word. If, what does that mean? So he was that. he was very apologetic <laughs> and and sincere and like empathetic, you know, towards the situation. 
but equally protective over his current center ring attraction, Jimmy Snooker. Yeah, throughout right. the entire thing. Now, yeah. Steinberg also can't remember any specifics from the. Wow, movie. what a coincidence! But, but I'd say it it'd be safe to assume, allegedly, that he knew the specific amount of money in that fucking briefcase mm. that was allegedly slid to him during this forgotten conversation. The combination right. might be zero, zero, zero. Allegedly. So you're talking about a very boring Hell in a Cell where there's a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, super boring. Like, you guys don't need to fight or anything. Guess what? Here's the combination. Th um, yeah, th this is this is money in the bank. No ladders or anything. Yeah, this yeah. is money in the bank where nobody has to climb a ladder. Nope. It's just yeah. And we're, and we're gonna put you, we're gonna put all of you on the same couch, and we're gonna give you the same amount of hot pockets. And yeah, the first person to get up and take a diarrhea dump is gonna get the info. Jimmy Snooker, brother, is sitting across the table from District Attorney Robert Steinberg, dude. And they're sitting down for a contract signing for Money in the Bank, man, 1984, dude. And right before District Attorney Steinberg, man, is about to put ink to paper, dude, and put his name, sign the line on the dotted line, man. That sounds great. I hope it's on pay-per-view. And gives the briefcase <laughs> right to him, dude. Totally undercutting the buy rate for the pay-per-view, man. All right. So nobody's getting paid except District Attorney, dude. All right, brother. So, I hear you. Brother. Okay, so um, that seems to be the end. Of it. Uh, there were no further developments in the case, but in 1985, a couple of years later, uh, Nancy Argentino's family obtained a $500,000 wrongful death lawsuit awardment, I guess. Settlement? Uh, settlement, yeah, against Snooker uh, in the U.S. District Court of Philadelphia. Hmm. But... The family never collected a dime. What? Uh, Snooker's lawyers withdrew from the case, saying that they had never been paid. Snooker <laughs> fired an affidavit, affidavit claiming that he was broke, unemployed, owed the IRS $75,000 in wow. back taxes, and had no fucking money to pay it oh, at shit. all. That he was a broke brother and cannot, and he, he just he couldn't, he couldn't comply. Well, that's what happens when your country gets nuked. So now, right like, after why? then, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, but right after then, Jimmy Superfly put on one of the best shows of his life. Tom, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> because while yeah, while all of this was going on in the uh, in the early half of of 1983, the same time was was Jimmy Snooker's rise in in WWF. He was working a program with then Intercontinental Champion Don Morocco. Very heated program, uh, a lot of fucking sneak attacks and, and drawing blood and shit like that. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of nasty promos back and forth. Letting them have I it. Think, yeah, Morocco called yeah. him a wetback or something. I don't even know if he meant what, oh, knew what he meant. But you gotta, you know, Don Morocco was a very thick, fucking obnoxious chorizo yeah. of a man. Don, you know he looked I mean? greasy. Yeah, yeah. Don Morocco. Very, it's that, that's the wrong ocean. He was a very, my friend. He was a very spicy, sober side of a boy. Like, and all, all about it. So, uh, that's where all the racism comes from. It's called the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> the cradle of racism. 
the the two of them met uh, in October of '83 um, at Madison Square Garden in another fucking steel cage. Because how yeah. how else are you gonna you gonna do this? Why not? It was available. So it's not too dissimilar from his his feud with Bob Backlund. Man, these 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 boys fought it out, tooth and nail, scratching and clawing, upper hand against upper hand. You're reversing moves. You gotta, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in one, you gotta get out of it. It's interesting when you watch his promos, like after this May incident, and there's a different look in Snooker's eyes, man. Like almost like kind of OJ look. Yeah, almost like a little like murdery kind of look. You know what I mean? Like almost Something like, your, eye, like your eyes are a little too wide for this moment. You know what I mean? Squirrely. Like, oh, that's racist All of right, you, Justin. He's a little too intense no. right now. Well, I'm not. I'm not defending what he did prior to this, but you're looking at a man. You're looking at a man that is athletically perfected in his entire life, and then also a man that probably agrees that Mussolini was the best choice for Italy. So here's here's <laughs> the interesting thing: is when I had mentioned earlier in in the cast about the superfly splash right. on top of the cage. When he's okay. wrestling Bob Backlund, he misses the splash. Right. When he's no. when he's wrestling Don Morocco, he hits the fucking splash. Oh, did any poop and come out? That was and that was the show that Mick Foley was in attendance, and a handful of other future wow. pro wrestlers were in attendance. Okay. And he wins the Intercontinental Belt at MSG, hitting that fucking splash, inspiring a new generation of pro wrestlers. Wow. After. Oh, wow. He allegedly murdered his fucking girlfriend. Oh shit! Right. What? What do you do? What do you do? You cocaine? Parties. Yeah, you yeah, do more what do you cocaine. do after you the forget cocaine? About it. You kill, <laughs> you forget you kill about it. Kill someone else. More cocaine. I, I think that maybe we should have a different look because now we're turning into a wrestling podcast. I know it's been a while. Maybe I should open my mouth before, but maybe Nancy is the Jesus that died for our sins. <laughs> And when I mean our sins, I mean the wrestling community. Is that, is that how that works? I've probably not, not. Brushed up on the probably Bible not. She was just a girl who liked drugs and hung out with a guy who had drugs. And there's pissed. at least yeah, there is at least three <laughs> other Nancys in professional wrestling lore that could have allegedly died for their well, sins for the okay. greatness of the craft, and it's a terrible thing. But no, these boys were fucked up, and you shouldn't kill anybody just because you can fucking jump higher than some other not fake right. Samoan motherfucker. Before we move to the question, uh-huh. I want to ask this question. So, well, this guy, get, I've, okay. no, I'm just saying, this guy, I've never heard of him before. Like, I mean, there's people that I know, right? Like, like Hulk Hogan, right? <laughs> like The Undertaker. Sure. I never heard about Jimmy Snookerfly. Good name. Or, show. You know, I never heard about him. <clears throat> so, like, did he actually make a breakthrough in wrestling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this guy that important? Like, I know he inspired. Well, um, okay, Travis. The f- I know he inspired. No, I'm just saying. I know he inspired maybe. big guys. I get it. Right? Like, I no, I get what you're saying. And what well, I'm gonna throw in a little bit of a little dust from a read. So basically, right after that happened, where he does this 1983 event, does the splash right onto Justin. What was his name again? I'm sorry. Don Morocco. Don Morocco. He does this okay. splash. That was like the peak of his career. He was made. Okay. That was when Michael Jordan 
played that 96 when he was, game yeah, with the when balls. he was all sick and Yeah, stuff. when he had coronavirus and he gave it to everyone else. When he was against the Monstars. Yeah. When he was against the Monsters. Yes. Yeah, when he played oh, yeah, against yeah, the yeah. Monsters. That was his moment doing that. So, yeah, this guy was, he was top bill. But wrestling moves quick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and shortly after, uh, Hulk Hogan came into the territory. And Hulk Hogan and, had already established himself, but now that he shows up, now he's totally overshadowed. Yeah, you can uh, okay. you can't you can't challenge the the light from from Hogan's yellow tights, man. You can't fucking. Well, he's got the skin of a hot dog. He is a true American. Uh, he's a god amongst men. You know, but, he's but, a yeah. true but American. It's like I was saying before that high flyer. At least that that you know, if we want to talk about like, if we want to bring it heavy hole style, that proto high flyer. Fucking yeah, proto. You know, that first blast beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, that, that first alleged first blast beat that, that that he hit like off the top rope, like that sent the groundwork for workers like Shawn Michaels. You know, later on, you know, he created a spark that 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 grew into a fucking now, burning fire, brother. A little yeah, spice to it. A little conspiracy that's gonna kind of bring us to the end of this episode is that after this whole deal, it's best if Jimmy. Superfly Snooker stays kind of on the DL. And that's not to say that he doesn't keep wrestling, because he does. He he, yeah, he, does. he does his shit. He even shows up <clears throat> as late as 2010. Like, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. He pops really? in and out. He's doing the Ric Flair thing. He's doing the legend boy. Yeah, yeah he's, he shows up every now and then uh, with WWE doing his shit. But overall, when it comes to, like, news and who's keeping track of him... It is very, very under wraps. Yeah, like like he bounced around from uh, to other different territories. Uh, you know, well, pretty much what happens is, is at the end of '83, um, j- he checks into rehab for all of his bullshit. After that, he shows up in AWA, uh, the um, alcoholic this, this, this territory ter- territory Wimpy in the mid- like north northern Midwest. Boys. Makes his way around around different things. Uh, he shows up in ECW in the nineties. Uh, still, when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling before Extreme could Championship I, Wrestling. Uh, could I find him, Justin? Could yeah. I find him on Nintendo sixty four, or does it does he not matter? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, you could probably find him in World Tour, I would say. Okay, so he matters. Um, he was on Nintendo 64. Yeah, as, much as, ma- as much as Boris <clears throat> matters, as much as as uh, Jaws matters, yeah. as much as Oddjob matters. You might he find matters. him in, yeah, you might find him in, in World Tour. <laughs> well, okay. he's not driving the truck like Sting in Revenge, but that's true. He's probably in a game or two. There's yeah. There's two matches I just want to note from his his fucking. I, I didn't bring you on for this. I didn't clear this on the script, Justin. That's okay. One match happened in, I want to say '94 in ECW. And uh, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. You know how to reach me? Nope, you don't. So won't hear you. He was, he was wrestling the match in the Eastern Championship Wrestling, which actually he was the inaugural champion for Eastern Championship Wrestling. Which is Slavic which, which countries? Had, no, it, it that was the the territory that had, <laughs> that became ECW when Paul Heyman bought it. Uh, it's like and, Romania. And you know ECW from that's the shit. But um, during uh, why this match is of note is that uh, the crowd started chanting, "You killed your girlfriend." <laughs> cool. Oh shit! And it's. Kind of fucking hilarious. 
Um, okay. Another match I think that that is of note that Jimmy Snuka should be remembered for, but not because of him, uh-huh. is uh, he was The Undertaker's first WrestleMania defeat at WrestleMania 7. Oh. So, so the long-lived streak of The Undertaker that lasted 21, I believe, WrestleManias. Uh, Jimmy Snuka was the first. Wow, and, okay. Uh, He's a mold he took, breaker. He took a gnarly, Damn. gnarly tombstone, and um, God, what he fucking deserve, man? That piece <laughs> of shit. You killed your girlfriend, you asshole. That's <laughs> it. Uh, as I have been referencing, in 2012, Jimmy put out a book after all this bullshit. Yeah. He's broke. He gets over that by doing some WWE appearances. Never plays, pays the Argentino family. But, coincidentally, right after this book that he writes, where he talks very lightly about the Argentino mishap of a murder. Oh, mishap. He starts to get... A little thing that just happened. Yeah, a little thing. Just, he starts getting some attention from the DA from the county that he had... Um, Allegedly, you know, bashed his girlfriend's head in. Right. So the case is opened again. Uh-oh. But yeah, the fucking... The, yeah, the, the case is all open and stuff, and uh, Snook is indicted again for wow. manslaughter. Okay, fine. 2015, I believe. Whoa, 15, that's... 16, wow. recent. Wow. Uh, but uh, our brother, man, he's, he's, he's halfway out the door, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? So while the, the preliminary trial proceedings are going on, he has a hearing with the judge to see if he's fit to stand trial. And the judge declares that uh, he is not oh. fit, fit to stand Ooh. trial, uh, citing too many shots to the head. And, I um, mean, yeah. So it's like a, that's like the NFL. Decline. That's the NFL defense. Look at that CTE. Yep. That's right. That brain damage. So he's like, "Oh yeah, he uh, only halfway suicided himself. Uh, mm-hmm. He destroyed most of his brain. But if you knew any better about Jimmy Superfly Snuka, you would understand that that's how he is. If he seems unfit for trial, <laughs> it's just because he was born that way. He yeah. was probably at the top of his game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's listen. It's it's not to go without mentioning that." In, in August 2015, you know, before the, the trial was, while the uh, the me- mechanics of the trial being reopened mm-hmm. were happening, uh, Snooker was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Oh, wow. And uh, had to have surgery to remove his lymph nodes and part of his stomach Yikes. and all this kind of bullshit. So the judge sees him around this time and they're like, nah, ah, you know, you can't fucking do this. Uh-uh. You're not going to be okay. Yeah, you're not gonna be all right. So you know, really, uh, a sad, a sad story for the Argentino family. Yeah, um, and uh, somebody asked me how he did. Damn! Before we ask on how he did, <laughs> I just yes. want to put it out there, Mike. I feel like you have probably seen the most concussions, the most broken bones on this show. And would you say that Maybe. your friends or you, I don't know, you're pretty smooth, um, would you yeah. be comfortable in a court of law saying that this man is not smooth or this man is smooth? Because I'm the judge right now. I'm I'm Scalia. He's dead, but yeah. I'm Scalia. Oh. 
But he's he's gonna smooth the brain. Does I mean he killed his wife? It's okay. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, can, he, can he stand trial? Well, I like how Mike actually hit the hard hitting question, and Travis has just been floating around going, "I'm a man who's dead." What do you say? <laughs> and Mike goes, "Well, is it all right if he's uh, absolutely smooth brain to the point where?" I'm just trying to get Mike more involved. Because he's so busy thinking sure. about how to do a shove it. <laughs> yeah. Lost in thought. No, that's, uh, I mean, shit. If he's not all there, you know, is he really, like, what's he gonna do? It's just a waste of trial. True, but at the same time, like, this man is in trouble because he, he hit his too, wife anyway. in the head, and his excuse for not being able to answer for him hitting his wife in the head is he's been hit in the head too many times. Yeah, mm -hmm. and 32 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alright. Alright. He probably did kill his wife. Well, this is, listen, yeah. this is all, this is like, this is lawyer shit right Yeah, now. Cody, you need to shit all over Mike's response. You know, Tony Hawk is a great man. He did 900. Because the trials <laughs> reopened, you know, in 15, and Snook is like, I did. And the, the lawyers are like, nah, you didn't. And they got, they got to have the whole, they got to have the whole thing. So, let's, let's, let's do, let's do the preface. This is the pre-ending right now. So. In November 2016, yeah. uh, after, you know, all of his cancer diagnosis, mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy Snuka is diagnosed with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Dang. And, and, hold on, let me, let me say it like this. Encephalopathy, commonly known as CTE, holes in your brain because of all the bullshit. Yeah. Um. And it's not fucking good, right? So yeah. here, here's the fucking timeline. On December 2nd, 2016, it is announced that Jimmy Snuka uh, was placed in hospice care. Wow. Six months to live. Ooh. Because of the holy brain? Because of the holy brain and his, uh, his stomach cancer. Okay. Jeez. Ooh. On January 3rd, 2017, Judge Kelly Branch dismisses the charges. Deeming that Snook is not mentally fit to stand trial. Mm -hmm. Too smooth. 12 days later, <laughs> on January 15, 2017, at the age of 73, wow. Jimmy Snook is dead. Oh, dead yeah, boy. All right. So that's Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Yeah. yeah. What else do you want from us? We're doing wrestling and true crime in one podcast. Doesn't that account for like. A quarter of the fucking podcast out there? Yeah, well, uh, I'm just saying, like, you know what? Guess what? My favorite murder, gone. Joe Rogan, he does MMA, gone. Um, Rose Mortem, yeah. number one. Here. Definitely We're here wow. right now. It's like we covered both. All five of us here are, uh, we have CTE, but we're here. And, and guess what? Oh, and guess what? If you want to listen to our show and then be like, hey, what should I listen to this afterwards? Listen to Heavy Hole, because, like, I don't know, there's some good music there. Segways. Yeah. yeah. True. Uh, so, Justin, thank you so much for no problem. joining Thanks, us, Justin. being our guest expert and presenter on Jimmy's Superfly Snooka. Yeah. Listen, gu listen, guys, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first-time, long-time for this podcast. Oh, look at um, that. I, uh, I've loved it since it was born. And... Um, are you going to ask me to recommend an album or anything? I don't have anything. Yeah, Justin, what would you recommend me? as a dead album? Yeah, let me know. Album? Is it Weezer? Cool. 
Yeah. Uh, if you listen to uh, Nirvana's uh, last record, Ride the Lightning, um, it's pretty dope. So check that out. Sure. Nice. Dude, don't, don't, if you listen to Abby Holt, don't unsubscribe. Because Justin just said something that was probably very blasphemous. Uh, so, you know what? Um, Disturbed is a cool band. <laughs> they're cool. I'm not going to say they're great, but they're cool. Uh, they're rabbi cool. Are, yeah. I mean, Papa Roach has its yeah. moments. Also, uh, I have, I only have a classic recommendation this week. Uh, it's a band called uh, 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 The Defibrillators. Good band. Yeah, well, any, no, I, no I was gonna say about them. Was Crugnally in that band? I don't know. No, he wasn't. No, just no, Justin wasn't. and I both can connect over the band Cold. I don't think anyone else on on both of our podcasts. Can no, I can't. I'm removing That's myself. True. Because guess yeah, what? Uh, the guy had leopard print beard. That's cool. He had leopard print beard, and uh, he had to deal with a stupid girl. Yeah, and everyone does. No one. And she's go. She's going away. Yeah, Stupid it's like girl. a regular like, old. Yeah. It's like a regular old fucking uh, Bob Dylan song. Stupid girl going away, and she's gone. What's with her life today? I'm pretty sure that's what Jimmy Superfly Snooka said as he uh, was watching his girlfriend hit her head on concrete repeatedly, flesh concrete that would be. It's his fist. Who cares? Yeah. Well, before we sign off, there's one other wrestler that you brought up, Justin, and maybe we will do this in the future. It's a madame, <sighs> madam, <laughs> madame, madam. <laughs> you mentioned her. Words. In the past. Keep doing words. <laughs> Go on. No, it was a chick. It was like when you watch the Fabulous Moolah. Yeah, when you watch Glow, you're like, oh, that seems so fun. I wish I was in Glow. Oh, but then the you're Mool like, oh, yeah, guess what? Moolah. This is a terrible woman. Well, here's my deal with true crime wrestling right now. And it's, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to beat Vice, right? And Vice normally is a terrible resource for professional wrestling news or anything like that. Um, I don't know why they put money into it, but they have a show that's actually done pretty well, and they did Fabulous Moolah like a couple of years ago. So I'm I'm here, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you the lesser known dirt on wrestlers who did. Even Vice can't get that shit, and that's what Rose Warren right. does. Though we look for the deeps, we go real. <laughs> Diving in there. Yeah, no one's gonna talk about fucking Leonardo da Vinci's penis. They might talk about Leonardo DiCaprio's penis, but not Leonardo da Vinci's right. penis. So, for, forgive me for being too forward, but we don't need anybody else ripping off our podcast. You know? What I mean? Wow. Yeah, this is very. Forward, Buzzfeed already <laughs> stole our fucking title. So, and they're yep. selling it at Hot Topic. So, fuck yeah, we them. talked about that already. Listen. It's fine. Who cares about Hot Topic? They can take. They're losing all their money. We we can retain all of employees through coronavirus. I don't know about Hot Topic. No, Our yeah. business model no, is a lot smarter. Topic. We got this shit figured out. Anyway, I need got to wrap lock. up this episode. Our listeners, I'm sure they want to hear the end of this shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Without any further ado, Justin, thanks again. Appreciate it. Uh, do uh do us a favor, give us money, patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. If you yep. don't give us money, you're a thief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
with with that said, tune in next week when we have Paul Stamets in to tell us uh, where <laughs> all our dead people go and how they're back into the earth and how you can change your psyche. Wow, look at that. Oh, cool. oh sick. Um, sick signouts. We've gotten really bad with signouts, so let's keep it that way. No, but let me tell you Justin, about Justin, do you have anything to... What is it? Things. Shout out? Yeah, you got to plug your show. Yeah, what, what's yeah, that like great to, show you're on? Cool, yeah, Heavy Hold Podcast. Uh, it's heavyholdpodcast.com. Um, you want to type extra shit in? You don't have to. It's heavyholdpodcast.com. Check it out. Buy sticker packs, promo code allegedly, get 10% off. That's not allegedly a promo code. That's the promo code allegedly. And uh, support my brand new podcast, uh, Roast Mortem. Roast Mortem Cast. Yeah, good one. Um, it'll soon to be uh, roastmortemcast.com, but check it out on Patreon, Roast Mortem Podcast. No. Dot Patreon.com. That's how it goes, no. right? Uh, no, Patreon.com slash Roast Mortem Cast. And that's it. That's it. Uh, whatever. Get, get us out. Get us out. <laughs> leave me alone. Right, so leave me alone. I'm Pat. dead inside. Shame. All right. Right, Shane, my boy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, my Shane. Thanks, Shane. My son has died. Peace out, yeah.